This is a special episode. Uh, this is the first actual interview we did, isn't it? I think you did this. You did the uh, the the Smash Brothers, and I think we sat in with the oh. Sklar Brothers a day or two before Lovitz. Right, but so that was more yeah. for their shows. We did something. Right. We put it into that. We put it into Alan Frank. Let's start it over. So. Okay. Oh, that's right. You're right. This is the first episode we really did together for this podcast, though. Yes, it is. All right, so here's what we're starting. Yeah. We have a very special episode. Uh, You have your own podcast? (laughs) We do. I I listen. You will never listen to anything, and I have trouble listening back to myself. Um, Well, I'd listen to me, but I can't. You can't take me. No. <laughs> I, I listened to the first couple of minutes of this episode. Very special episode with John Lovitz. He was our first interview together for this podcast. Yeah. And I listened back, and he's just so lovable. It's, yeah. inc- it's amazing. Could um, we have started, like, I, and also what people need to know before they get into this is uh, you and I both had no idea how you and I would interact with Lovitz. Because he's a little bit strange to interact with if you don't click with him right away. Luckily, you two hit it off. I've had well, a yeah, but you knew him and he liked you first. Yeah, so that yeah, was very yeah. important. And you brought him to me. It was one of those, we kind of had a deal. I think it was unspoken too, before you started the podcast, before you weren't embarrassed of it anymore. <laughs> that, and you just knew I had the savvy, the couth, not to come to you and say, hey, John, can you bring guests that have been on the radio? You would, <laughs> you would offer them kind of, you'd be like, you know who'd be good on the podcast? Like, yeah. please, 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 that'd be great. Yeah. Because we're just starting out. And Lovitz was one of those guys. You said, oh, Lovitz, because uh, I said, I wanted to get John Lovitz. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm getting any uh, information back from people. And you're like, well, I know him. And yeah. uh, it worked out and we got him. But he seemed reluctant at first. Yeah. And the first half of the podcast, you can feel him kind of feeling us out a little bit, even though he's starting to have fun. Uh, but then my wife comes in with a dog halfway yeah. through and all hell broke loose because he's like, I don't care anymore. I'm going to do what I want. And then he wouldn't leave. It was it, awesome. And he wouldn't let us leave. We saw him later that night. And he, he, no joke, locked or blocked the door to leave his green room at the club <laughs> so we couldn't leave. He, was, he wasn't done with it. He loved, he loved you. And the oh. funniest part of this, going into, because this is fun. This is kind of a cool thing for all the quarantine stuff. I may listen to this one because I think the, the nerves that went into this one for you yeah. and me yeah. both going, I don't know how Frank and I are going to interact and long term kind of, we've done great on the radio. We can be friends and whatever, but how is it going to work? with a guest and does he, and, and so I'm with Lovitz on my show that morning and I'm like, Hey, the Frank thing is we're going to have a blast. Yeah. Well, I heard it's fun, but I'm not real sure. I don't, I don't like doing a lot of things for a lot of people. Cause you know, and I'm like, you're going to have a good time. Are you going to be there? <laughs> and that was the first time that has ever happened is that John Lovitz turns to me and goes, are you going? Cause if you go, <laughs> I'll go. And, and growing yeah. up loving John Lovitz, that was <laughs> enough for me. The funny part is, on the way over, because I drove him over, and we get into that a little bit in the podcast, but we, on the way over, uh, he goes, oh, he is going to be there? <laughs> like, yeah, he didn't he, know you are going to be yeah, It's constant <laughs> twing. And also, what people don't know about Lovitz is, he doesn't remember a half hour ago. Oh, I don't think he remembered 30 seconds ago. No, 
and but he was awesome. Yeah, this is incredible. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. Yeah. This is, uh, uh, we've been talking about it for a while in the podcast. We we're waiting for the audience to grow and stuff like that. Yeah. I think, uh, we, we, yeah, we didn't want to launch this on a zero audience. This right. was too much fun. So and that's people one, who have joined in, awesome. I'm glad that's one it. thing I want people to know that we have uh, some of these guests that are coming up that we've kind of saved and we've grown exponentially in the last month or two. And now we're going to start unleashing those guests. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So here it is, the John Lovitz episode. Play the theme or whatever, Toledo. I don't even know how we're doing this. <laughs> the Caliendo Cast with Frank Caliendo, John Holmes. You know what? That's good enough. No, please stop it. <laughs> I want him to enjoy this podcast. I oh, do. God. That's what it's called. That's you? what it's called. What, what's, this, this is called what? Frank and John talk about funerals. It's the no. worst moment of your life talk. That's our co- the podcast. Is- I have nothing to do with. <laughs> I told them you were going to be here. John Lovitz is our guest today. Uh, yeah, let's get, let's get, we'll get sound effects put in there. Uh, oh, no, he's oh, got cow. the talents. <laughs> Multi-threat. Hold on. It's a really long applause wow. break. <laughs> it's a Brazilian soccer crowd. Or John's dying and we're not helping. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! Turned around. He's in the round. Uh, I have, I have never. I, everything that just happened with me driving John Lovitz over here to the house has been everything I've ever hoped my meeting of John Lovitz would be. Uh, just moments where he would tell a joke and I was laughing, but I'm driving and trying to pay attention, and he'd be like, "That was a joke." <laughs> I'm like, "I," and I'm like, "I know," and he's like, "You don't sound like me. You sound like Joe Coy doing me, which isn't me. You sound like Joe Coy imitating me." <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing's gonna be just. It's laughing. all it is. You can't help it. I know you're, you're enjoyable. It's in the company of love. It. So everybody imitates me. I don't know why. Yeah, unique. Well, it's the way I talk. <laughs> <laughs> it really. That was what John and I talked about too. That it is a lot the way you talk. There are some people in this world that your cadence, the 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 way you. Um, where you where phrase. you phrase, <laughs> phrasing? Thank you. Uh, the emphasis on certain syllables, that type of thing. Uh, and it's interesting that there are as many Saturday Night Live people that are like that. Um, well, I have a theory about it. Okay. Because I was at acting class doing a scene once, and my teacher was great. He goes, you're hitting the wrong syllable. I'm like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. You know, so – and I realize, see, I think, well, I talk, of course, like your parents, and that's how my mother talks. And then her mother talks like that, too, my grandmother, and she was from Hungary. So English was her second language. So I'm thinking maybe that's why. But the, the, they're, my grandmother was very funny. And then my mom's sister, my aunt, really talked like that. She sounded more like my mom than my mom. My aunt would be like, Hello, John. <laughs> I mean, yes, dear. You know, th- so do you really think you would talk like that? And it was hysterical. But that's kind of, I mean, there's a piece of that in when you're just talking conversation. But yeah. when you bring it up, when you ramp it up and ramp it up, whatever it is, ramp it up. Yeah. But it becomes that thing that everybody can latch onto. And I talked about it with Dana Carvey that you just, when we do the impression of you, John and I both, we don't do you just talking. We do you. Talking yeah. and yeah. everything, even just dismissing. Stuff. Yeah, but that's what you right when you imitate someone, you do the the uh, 
the highlight. You exaggerate the highlights of their yes. voice. They speak in a rhythm. And lo, I was saying, lo, oh, I, I was talking to my manager. <laughs> anyway, I said, do you notice on these shows these days or on TV, a lot of these actors these days, current, they don't have any personalities. Right. Like you, could, yeah. you couldn't imitate. You could do him and you could be 10 guys. They don't have any personality. I don't know what that is. And I was taught they go, put your personality in your work. And luckily, I have one. But, you know, if you don't have one, it's like, how are you going to stand out? Yeah. There's nothing to unlock on most people now. I have a, I have a theory on oh, that. Oh, yeah? Yes. Spell it. I'm about to. <laughs> Fine. Good. Go ahead. We're waiting. When did Joe Coy get here? <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's because actors used to be older when when they were leading men and, and – so they would develop their character over time to become almost a caricature of themselves. So you're talking, you were talking about your Humphrey Bogart. You do Humphrey Bogart. He, and a lot of people were old souls in Hollywood. They seemed old. Walter Brennan was old before he yeah. was old. He was like 48. Yeah. And he seemed like he was seven. Oh, great Lou Gehrig. You know, that. Well, they're all character parts. I have, a, a, there is a, I don't know if they still have it. It's, it's the. What, oh, the casting directory. And you would want your picture in there to list every single actor. And the casting directors, before computers, right, they would have this. It's like a phone book of actors and the different types. I have one from 1927. And it's it's like 30 pages. You know, and then, then in the 70s, it was like as big as a phone book. Yeah. There were so many. But it had everyone listed. And it says Indian types, <laughs> Negro types. Really? Colored types, Jewish types. Irish types, this every ethnicity. Wow. But this is in 27. It, it, it was listed like that, you know, and they, everyone, you had to be a type. And, and now. That's where they go, you're typecast. They go, well, who are, what type are you? And that's what you're going to play. And now they do that, they just don't write it down. Yeah, they just can't that's, write it down. That's the, because yeah. they would. No, well, now I remember I, I, I it's, um, I mean, it's good in a way. They go, we want to diversify. So I was up for a sitcom. They go, John, you're our first choice, but the CBS said they have to have at least two minorities. In every show now, because they wouldn't cast a minority. So I said, "Well, that's fine, but why does it have to be for my part?" <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. And I go. I and then also, I said, "Why?" I go. Well, they're giving him two parts. What? What do you do? I go. If you want to be like equal, g- g- give you know different ethnicities. Give them the whole show. Right. Yes. See, I don't understand why they're. It's like, not. It's, it's not. Like, oh, here's here's a little bit part. But it's not it's diverse kind of to say we're forcing you to hire two people. We don't really. Like, well, no, they, they are. Want, they no, no, they are. But I'm saying it's not being diverse. Truly, that's. Then one time I did a, a thing. Uh, I was Greek. No, it was. Uh, yeah, Greece. <laughs> hold on, I just figured. I, hold on, I just figured one thing out. Well, that was that my dog. Keep going. You don't need me for my. <laughs> no, good guy. It was Greece and um, the Sid Caesar role, the coach. Yeah. And they said, "No, you're you're uh, not right for it." And I go, "Well, he's a, like a Jewish comedian. <laughs> it's perfect well, for it." Was it your physique? They didn't think you were a PE coach type? Clearly not. I'm pretty sure that might have been it. Oh, I'm quite buff underneath the fat. I think you'd be really funny in a. Yeah, in a, that, that, that yeah seems, and I can yeah. sing, you know. <laughs> Did Sid Caesar sing in that? He didn't. The coach doesn't it's sing. It's a musical. Yeah, but he doesn't sing. I don't know. <laughs> well, you should have learned like your that. lines. But the that's why you were fired. No. So I've lost two parts because of that. And the friends of mine that are in their 60s, one of my best friends, Casey Sanders, an actor. He was on Grace Under Fire. Mm-hmm. On, 
on he was a, on the on tool time on Tim Allen's Home Improvement. He was one of the regular tool time guys. He's a great actor. And they'll and his angel goes, sorry, you're sixty and white. That's it. It is weird that they'll say that to you. Yeah. They, they do they say, say it. Yeah, but I think it's good that they're diversifying and hiring oh, yeah. other sure. people. You know, I think that's great. But until it affects, but even you. if you're a na- exactly. <laughs> My point is, get all the parts you want, just not mine. <laughs> Why do you have to have my part? And of course, if you cast me, no one, no one's going to act like me or talk like no. me, except for you because you're an impressionist. <laughs> and the, well, the worst part is, and that, you because you're and jealous. I try <laughs> because you're jealous. <laughs> but if they wrote a part for John Lovitz, no one else can play that. You have to write for you, like you have that cadence. It's always been like that, though. Yeah. Surely, no, you don't have to write for yes, me. Yes, you I do. Can, I can you're, act. No, I'm not I can that. talk in different ways. No, yeah. do one. Yeah, do, go ahead. Do another one. <laughs> Talking a different way. Yeah, I want to hear you talk in a different way. All right, I'll do Hamlet. (laughs) (laughs) To be or not to be. That is the question. You nailed it. You're right. You're totally. Not like me? Not at all. Had no idea. I thought it was you, Frank. Yeah. It is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and errors of outrageous fortune. Or to take arms, (laughs) troubles, and by opposing in them. To die, to sleep, to See? He's got tons of character. Yeah. But we like Lovitz. So write but, uh, a show for Lovitz. How have you not? No, there, was a, there was this famous story. Shirley MacLaine wrote her first book about past lives and everything. But it was about an autobiography of Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. And they made a TV movie of it. And they're all going, who can we get to play Shirley MacLaine? <laughs> and she was like, what? Me? I am Shirley MacLaine. No, no, you're too old to play Shirley MacLaine. <laughs> She's like, no, I am her. It's me. I'm, I'm not You kidding. got the job. And she got it. But she had to fight for it to play herself. That's that's some of the weirdest stuff I've That's ever. a true story. Yeah. I remember Lewis Black talking about that same thing. He's like, and I wrote a sitcom, and it was about me, and they said, you weren't enough you to be you. I'm like, what? That's yeah, the yeah. worst. And I remember when I was on the WB at a time, I don't know what show was that, uh, on Hype, they were looking for a Frank Caliendo type. Like, And I was like, I'll go in. They're like, no, you're already on our show. We're looking for the type that's like you. And I was like, well, I, why, why can't I be on yeah. something else, too, I, that pays more so yeah. than a sketch show? It was like... Very odd that I was on their network and they were looking well, for Well, that's my a type. kind of a compliment, though. Like, is, it, is it, though? Yes. Well, what is your type? You'd... Short, stocky. Stock. Yeah, but you. But, you, <laughs> but see, I've never heard you talk like this. This is you. <clears throat> I've never heard you do that. Well, that's why I, part you of the. You re- do impressions. Yeah, that's why I do. Which is great. I think it's a, it's a very uh, talent, a uh, skill that I can do a few, but not like you. And I, it's like a ma- I, we were talking about earlier. It's like I think it's great. It's a magic act. It's very entertaining. <laughs> Hopefully funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you've seen have you seen a lot of people that do the impression? And I always say this, and John and I talk about this a lot as well. There John are people. Holmberg? Yeah, uh, love hair. My name is also John. That's right. Yes, with an H. That's H. Hless. Hless. J O N H. Hair Holmberg, German Nazi. Ironically, his name is Herr Holmberg, no, and laughing. he's bald. Yeah. Thus, the irony. Herr Holmberg? <laughs> no, I'm bald, but I am Herr Holmberg. Hmm. I just, I just, so you're going to listen to him go all day. H, ageless, aged, ageless. <laughs> You'll be known as Joe Coy the second. You guys, you guys sound exactly alike. Joe, Joe Coy doing me not as well though. Joe Coy doing me. Doing Joe Coy. Go. Go. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> John Lovett. <laughs> this is people imitating me. Hello. How are you? 
I don't I talk like this. <laughs> Does any has anybody ever had an impression of you that annoyed you? Yes. That that did bother you besides us? <laughs> oh, besides you two? <laughs> I'm, Why is it? No, just when they do it and, and they like waiters. It just doesn't sound like me to me. Well, it comes not it, really. I, I, it's flattering, you know. But it has to come from <laughs> John and I do mostly impressions. I would say of people we like. Mm-hmm. It's it, you find the person, you find the thing about the person that you love that you enjoy. You can also do it from complete hate. That so don't get yeah. easy sailing. <laughs> No, I remember looking at YouTube and I saw something and you imitated – said that you imitated me and I was very f- flattered because you were doing all these huge stars. <laughs> then there I was in the middle of all of them and I went, well, I guess I've made it. Well, I always talk about well, – one of the jokes that I've done is people ask me about presidential uh, people, you know, nominees in the election. Like they'll talk about – how uh, the, before people win or when they're in the um, in the in the what's that? I can't even think what it's called. Like the debates and stuff. In, in the yeah. debates and that type of stuff, they're like, "Have you worked on a Romney? Have you worked on this?" I'm like, "No, I wait till somebody wins." Well, yeah. that happened to me. On That's SNL. and you're my answer. Yeah, yeah because they, the, it was the 80, 1988, and they <coughs> had the um, the debate. No, the Democratic debates. That was the first sketch they did. Yeah, and so. And so you, they look, would look at who's running and they said, okay, you, who could look, what cast member could look like who that's running for president? So they said to me, all right, you, you'll play Dukakis. We can, we can make you look like him. I didn't know who Michael Dukakis was. So uh, anyway, so I watched tape of him and everything. And then Al Franken said to me, Johnny, he kind of goes like this a lot. Like goes, mm, you know, <laughs> he thinks, he goes, mm, I don't know. So I kind of did him like this, you know. But I approached it as an actor trying to go think of about like what what is he thinking? How what's his thought process that makes him look the way he looks and his attitude and the way he talks to try to play it really real. And I ended up going to a fundraiser for for him and you know on TV and stuff he would be so stiff and boring. So we had a one time where he was like a Martian, you know, <laughs> with no personality like I don't know, you know. I can't I'm not doing it good right. now, but he was just very plain. I went to this fundraiser in New York to, for him, and he was like funny and a big personality. And I remember thinking, why doesn't he act like this on television? He was completely different. Do you think he was coached not to? Probably. And then he went down the line, or, or he thought, chose not to. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But he went down the line to meet everybody. And I said, hi, I'm John Lovitz. I play you on Saturday Night Live. He goes, oh, yes. Oh, you're terrific. He goes, my kids say you do me better than me. You know, but, And he was funny and a big personality, a lot of charisma, everything. Huh. Like the complete opposite on television. Mm-hmm. And then he had a... Uh, an interview with Ted Koppel, and Ted was asking questions, and he wouldn't answer me. He goes, well, I'm not president, and I don't have access to that information. And Ted goes, oh, you know, but if you were, what? Right. It was like Ted Koppel was like, please, <laughs> I'm trying to help you. Please answer my questions. And he just wouldn't. Just answer and the question. Yeah. Just answer the question. <laughs> did, he, did you start to, like, kind of uh, support Dukakis because you were playing him? That was, that was well, cool. the night of the election, Al Franken said, who was it? it was me and Alan someone he goes we're gonna go do you want to fly to Boston where Dukakis will make you know accept whether he, his acceptance speech that he won or his concession <clears throat> speech right which means he lost <laughs> concession not like hey I'll have a hot dog and a coke <laughs> not that kind of concession not a concession stand although he did stand when he made his concession it's not the same thing anyway <laughs> so we fly to Boston and then he lost right 
So everyone was depressed in the room. I, but it was history, you know. Right. So we're flying back in this small plane. And I and he goes, can you believe we lost? I'm like, yeah. I go, well, I guess Dana, Dana gets to play the president now. But then in his book, <laughs> Al wrote that. I said, oh, yeah, no, fucking Dana gets to be the fucking president. <laughs> I go, Al, I never would say that. He's my friend. I, but I'm sure I said, yeah, no, I guess Dana gets to be the president. It was the first time a presidential election literally impacted my career com- yeah. directly, like uh, like completely directly. Because whoever won, it was between George Bush and Dukakis, whoever won would be playing the president on SNL for the next four years. Cold open for and four Bush years. Bush won yeah. and, and Dana got to do it, you know. Yeah. But, People would ask me about that all the time, too. They'd say, do you support whoever you do the impression of? And I'm like, well, it, there's a piece of you that always goes, no matter who it is, you're like, oh, this is good for the career. Right. I, I, and I'm a pretty apolitical person in my comedy, so I just get – but people want to get that out of you. They're like, are you going to really love that Bush is president? You know, I'm like, listen, it, it's it, – you make do with whatever you can and right. you figure it out. Yeah. But, but so whoever wins, you impersonate and then right. – and or you make fun of and then everyone's like – like they're doing Trump now. And everyone's like, oh, they're going after Trump. I go, but whoever is president, yeah. that's who you're satirizing. Well, yeah. and like I said, On the, SNL. The, uh, the, the reason I say <laughs> – what people would say to me is like, have you worked on the, the, the Romney? Have you worked on this? And I'm like, it takes a lot of time. Well, have you? And <laughs> He's got it now. No, yeah, right. Got Six years Romney. later. Um, no, I, I don't. And I get for Romney. <laughs> and that's – he's in the Senate. He only works for Utah or right. Massachusetts. Counting on a comeback. Which well, then you should go to, you, you go to that state. And, and you kill. destroy. <laughs> <laughs> so – but they will say, do you work on the presidential hopefuls? And I'm like, no. Because think of, just think of my, uh, John Lovitz doing Michael Dukakis and how did that work out? It's just that I, moment. And it's not oh, a mean – fine. <laughs> it was the greatest moment though because I still remember you going, I can't believe I'm losing this guy. And it's, yeah, it's Al Franken and Jim Downey wrote that sketch, the debate between Dan and I. Yeah. Yeah. And but at the time, the weirdest thing was Dana did not. If you watch his George Bush, he goes, "I don't have it down yet." He didn't have all this he stuff nothing. That he did. Yeah. And my Dukakis was actually good as an impression was better than his. It was so much better time, than anything Dana could do. <laughs> no, at the at that debate, I didn't say that. Fucking no, Dana, Dana was good, but he'd even say he goes, "I didn't have all the stuff down." He'd say it to me, he "Goes, yeah. I don't have it down yeah. yet." Yeah, no, it was a, so, it was an, it was all such a caricature of Bush. The first time, like it was way over the top with all this stuff. But now later he did it. No, well, later it became another per thing. It that always own thing. in the beginning it wasn't. Even that close. always happened. I was there, Herr Holmberg. <laughs> I was watching. Love it. Thousand points of light. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. He was just going through the motions. My, Governor Dukakis. Later it was. I a can't believe I'm thing. losing to this guy. <laughs> I think there's also something to <laughs> wait. The audience was laughing. They went. Oh, crazy. I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't always. believe I'm losing to this guy. And roar. <laughs> Dana is Sorry, probably it's your show. Sorry. No, I, no. Remember, you told me this was going to be your show by the in the in the I car. Said it's your podcast, but by the end of it, it'll be mine. <laughs> How many cameras do you have? All of this will be mine. I'm on TV <laughs> again. Finally, in four. K- We're looking for a John type. K. One, two, three, four, five cameras. Yeah. Only some of them work. Red lights. I uh, I didn't even notice those. It's funny because when you get in the room with somebody that you've done an impression of. Thanks for adding that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you start. You know, to, you, do you hear what you just said? Mm-hmm. You get in a room with somebody that you've done an impression of. Mm-hmm. 
that you've done? You implied that you had had homosexual relationships with Mr. Lovett. I didn't imply. <laughs> Aha! I oh, knew it! Please. <laughs> uh, this is my new impression. This is my impression of having sex with a woman. <clears throat> uh, and now I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I give you life! <laughs> and, now, and now here's me. That would be funny. When, you're like, when you're done. let the child live. <laughs> God. And oh, and God has begun his work. <laughs> and his name shall be Theodore. Bless this child. <laughs> and now here's. No, no, this okay. one. That's a brave one. No, that's where you go. And now way. I'm in. And then you're like, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Women love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to name the child. At least the ones that time. broke up with me. Did. <laughs> Hold on, I'm giving myself a standing ovation. <sighs> Get off of me. Are you filming this? No, this is in a coliseum. <laughs> now, here's me. By the way, I got to watch what I say in this thing. Why? Oh, I don't want to we'll get cut fired it. from SNL. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Podcast. Oh, wait, I was already dangerous. On it. I can say anything. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. Do you worry about anything? You don't worry. You're at that comfortable shoes level of your career where you're like, I don't think I can get. I mean, maybe the cancel culture's out there. They can get. You it. know, well, you have to have a, a joke. See, sure, say stuff, but there has to, joke is a setup and a punchline, and uh, that's what you need. But like now, yeah, they make comedians they go. I didn't like that joke. You have to apologize, and I'm like, well, why? And to who? Because you didn't like the joke. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't. not everything – I go, that's fine. Not everything's funny to everybody. So you, you do your act. People go, do you change your act when you're you know, on the road uh, for you – know, I was do stand-up all over the country. You know. <laughs> anyway, do you change your act? No. How, I, I don't know what everyone's thinking. Right. Jimmy Breslin, the columnist, do you know him? I do not. Do you know yeah. – What? Well, anyway, he <laughs> For was, this, he was, I do. <laughs> he was a Pulitzer Prize-winning columnist in New York, very famous, Jimmy Breslin. So he hosted Saturday Night Live, and he's really nice. And he and he uh, he was he, you know about twenty five years older than me, whatever. Anyway, I knew his kids, and um, uh, they're really nice. So about a year later, after he hosted the show, I ran into him, and he said, and "So I said hi." And he goes, "Are you doing stand up?" I go, "No, I'm kind of afraid to do it." He goes, "Oh bullshit!" <laughs> he's really because what are you afraid? Of? I go, "Well, I go, what if I'm on stage and there's like two old women in the audience, my grandmother's age, and I say something and offend them?" He goes, listen, if I come to see your show, I want to hear what you have to say. I don't want you to change your act because of who's in the audience. And I never forgot that. And also when I started doing stand-up, I I thought, well, what do I have to say? That's another reason it took me so long because I didn't have anything to say because I was just obsessed with acting. So what was I going to talk about? And I couldn't – Yeah, you just started – Besides acting. But but, yeah, I started at 46. But by then I had a lot of opinions. Yeah. So I just say what I think about life, and the, the more honest I am, the more they laugh. Did you start? You started in um, improv. Is that where you started in the ground? Well, I did plays in high school, and then I was a drama major at UC Irvine. I was a real actor, you see. <laughs> and then I, for a year and a half, uh, uh, Tony Barr had in Los Angeles. He was a great guy. He had a class uh, acting for the camera, and I did that because it's very. It is different from the stage. <laughs> you see, as the great actor Alan Bates said, movies photograph thought. <sighs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then you learn about that. And then, because the difference is on stage, uh, a play anyway, you have to, 
you know, you, you got to project and they got to see everything, but you, but it's, but it has to look like you're not projecting. It's got to look real, even though you are, so they can see everything. Where on film, they, they go, the camera, well, not in film anymore, but the camera comes to you. Right. So it's recording what you're thinking. That's the acting part in film acting. It's the thought in between, the thoughts. So, and it's picked up through your eyes and your face, your facial features. <laughs> so, Why? anyway. Why is this stuff so funny? I don't, did I don't it for get it. You're in a half. Why is it funny? No. Because his, I'm funny. You said, are. Why then, are your facial features that, that, funny? Anyway, I did that. And then, and then I went to New York for a year and wasn't getting anywhere. And I came back. And then I started class at the Groundlings and did their school and got in their group. And that was about three years. And, I, and I, I'm shortening the time, the story, because it go on forever. Yeah, because we don't want to last three got, years. <laughs> That's a long story. And then I got Lorraine Newman saw me at the Groundlings. And then I got an agent. Well, they put us on The Tonight Show. And I did three sketches, and one I, I did the, the Groundlings did three sketches, and I, and I did two of them. One was my liar character, and I got an agent, and then he submitted me for SNL, and I got a movie with Charles Grodin, and he recommended me to Lauren Michaels, and so I say Lorraine Newman. Well, Lorraine Newman and Charles Grodin, they did. They recommended me to Lauren, and it helped a lot. Where did Where did Flanagan come from? I had, I had a friend who. Uh, from my acting class, who was like one of my best friends, but I, I had a massive crush on her, and she's like, "No, no, I, I like a guy with a, I had no money." She goes, "I like a guy with a fat wallet," and I go, "Oh, well, my dad just had fifteen oil wells come in." <laughs> <laughs> she goes, "Yeah, right," and I go, "Well, I am a pathological liar," and then I would joke with her like that, and then in the Growlings, they had a, a Sunday company, the B Company, so we had to do a thing where there'd be like a, a like almost like a talk show, and there'd be a host. And then five of us on stage, and the, the and the and the the object was that each each actor ha- had to uh, make up a character, and you had to say like you know your name and what you did, and then the audience would ask questions. So I was doing my liar characters. I go, hello, my name is Tommy Flanagan. I'm a member of Pathological Liars Anonymous. <laughs> In fact, I, I'm I'm the president of that organization. <laughs> so that that's all I had, and then and then the audience would ask questions. So someone said, how long have you been lying? I said, I don't know. What are, you, what are you talking about? They go, well, you said you're a pathological liar. I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you did. I go, no, I never said that. So I thought that would be funny to do that. And Robin Schiff is in the group. She's a writer. She wrote Romeo and Michelle's, the movie Romeo and Michelle, yeah. you know. And a lot, of, she, I forget, she's the creator of the sitcom. She's a big writer. But she was in the group. She said, John, John, you set it up perfectly. You missed it. I go, what do you mean? She goes, just, just don't say you're not lying. Just, just make up an answer, but in character. She goes, "You, you set it up perfect." I go, "Oh," and I didn't realize. I go, so she, she goes, "All right, go ahead." She goes, "I'll try." She goes, "What's your favorite sport?" And I go, uh, uh, "Bowling." <laughs> and, I, and so we both started laughing. I'm like, "Oh my god!" I, I thank you. I, <laughs> why are your children barking? That's my wife. Oh, why is your wife barking? We're in the they're, middle of a there's podcast. There's two women. They're both your wife? What? Both your wives? Uh, no. Oh, you're the Mormon that owns that house. <laughs> well, it's fine with me if you're Mormon. <laughs> Introduce me to your flock. <laughs> my, wife is, yeah, my wife is on the floor talking to Jerry, interrupting the podcast. Juliet is my daughter. Hello. And she's polite. Um, but she had to pee him and so did I. Well, can't, couldn't you have waited? Couldn't you? He's in the middle of the. He's in the middle of everything I've ever wanted yeah, to hear. Yeah. <laughs> My little pug chihuahuas. She knows that she cares. That, like I, I said, oh, we're gonna get John Lovitz. How is it? I meet Frank Caliendo. I walk out. I've never met him in my life, and he goes, "Oh, oh, hi, Jerry." 
my dog. Everybody, my dog knows everybody. I don't get it. I've never met you, and you knew my dog. Not but do you really have you have two stories like about? We're familiar with them. I, yeah, like we're friends. Uh, so you had just gotten was this just gotten into a fight with somebody over Jerry too at the hotel? Yeah, I'm walking down the hallway, and he has you know those ex, uh, extendable leashes that go out. So anyway, I'm running down the highway, and some old guy's walking by me. And then all of a sudden, the leash just gets jerked out of my hand because the guy accident—it was an accident. He his leg hit the leash. And I, right. Lucky I didn't trip him, you know. Right. And so it jerked out of my hand. And so I ran up. I go, "Oh, sorry." I go, "You know why? Why don't you hold on to the leash?" I go, "I, I did." I go, "I thought he was behind me." <laughs> why don't you hold on to it? I go, "I said sorry." <laughs> and I got really angry. He goes, "Well, you should be." I go, "I why am you a dick?" <laughs> And that's how you two met. No, well, no this was after that. <laughs> I, oh, I, I just saw oh, him. I, thought it was angry. You guys. I said sorry. I go so oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, was, I thought he was behind me. Why, why don't you hang on the leash? I go. I did. It got jerked in my hand. Well, you should hold on to it. I go. I said sorry. <laughs> yeah, you should be. I go. I am you, dick. <laughs> and you have to go back to this hotel. I turned into my father. <laughs> I said sorry. <laughs> Right, like, that's how my dad was like, really, like scary, crazy, <laughs> very so, stern. So he I said, "Frank, that's not Dana Carvey." My dad was a doctor. Well, yeah, I guess, uh, he goes to my dad, and and Dana had like uh, something wrong with his ear infection. I go, "Well, go to my dad." So my dad goes, "Let me see, Dana," and he goes, Did, uh, "What have you?" He asked him some question like, "What have you been doing?" Have you been sleeping lately? Left? Well, I don't know. And Danny gave him some other answer. And he goes, that's not what I asked you. <laughs> I, I hate to interrupt this, but do you guys know he's chewing on a red Sharpie and he has the cap off? No. Why are you guys not paying attention to Jerry? Look, he could choke. Well, take care. The red Sharpie squeaks? Yeah, I was going to say, that's the squeakiest Sharpie ever. He, what a dangerous toy. Maybe he's... Playing with. Well, not oh, me. Sorry. You guys. Uh, he picked it. <laughs> now your wife's in the podcast? <laughs> well, why does your daughter get into it? And you can interview her too. <laughs> I can go get something to eat and come back. <laughs> Shell, stop. Take, can you take I don't your... talk like this. You can take him, you know. Just, just take him. Just pick him up. You don't have to walk like him. <laughs> I thought she was like one of those feral people. That funny. She, can't crawls, she goes, I don't want to interrupt your podcast. I'll just talk and crawl beneath the camera. <laughs> that way I won't interrupt There's you. nothing distracting about that at, at least all. you're not interrupting me. <laughs> right. You did a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> you get his toy? It's better. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. Did you way introduce ever. me to her? I thought I did. I don't remember. It's, uh... <laughs> anyway. There she goes. Nice to meet you. That's my wife, Morgan Fairchild. <laughs> All right. Can't stay in the main house. <laughs> so, well, I just want to point out something. Frank has been derailed about your wife and my dog. Oh, my dog is well trained. <laughs> <laughs> your dog was crawling around and staying out of our way. Well, I know. She I couldn't just, do it. I heard it's some clear. Who wears the pants? <laughs> Hi, I'm Frank Caliendo. I'm doing my podcast. What? I'll clean the pool later. <laughs> I can't go shopping now. All right, I'll be back. I have to go shop. <laughs> You've already figured it all out. <laughs> no, that's smart. You know, in the 60s, they'd say to a woman, who's in charge of your relationship? And the woman would say, I am. 
but I let my husband think he is. That's the way to go. They get everything they want. And the husband will be like, I feel great. But he knew the wife was doing it. But she goes, oh, you're the best. You're so strong. You're so <laughs> Can I get a fur coat? Yeah, baby, I'll get you a fur coat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was like. It's pinky up? And they were happy. <laughs> and yeah, they had like, bottle? Yeah, baby. Had bottles? Yeah, That's how I roll. <laughs> my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> With his, I don't have my pinky ring on. Oh, that would be even better. <laughs> Women had everything they wanted. Anything yeah. they wanted, the guy would do. So I need you. you go, oh, darling, I need you. You're so big and strong. What do you need, baby? <laughs> I need a new car. Go get it. <laughs> Look at my baby killer in that new car. Because they make you feel great. Yeah. Now, you get in the bed with a wound, you're like, what's wrong with your dick? <laughs> That's a dick? You have a disease. You need medicine. You came too soon. It's not big enough. What the hell is that thing? Jesus Christ. I can stay in bed by myself. Get a cucumber and I'll fucking eat you. Why is it shriveling? What's wrong with you? It's going back inside of you. Be a man, you prick. Oh, That's women today. Lovely. I, I hope Juliet's in a different room. <laughs> Just a little bit. Isn't it? That's a woman today. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I'm married. It's exactly what it's like. I, never I had a girlfriend this. once. I swear to God. <laughs> you never had this. No, made, I've no, never experienced this. She made me feel so self-conscious about my private parts. I said to her, honey, do you think my balls are small? She goes, you mean those two peas right behind your clit? <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that moment. I've just changed the designation oh of God. this podcast. Oh, I can't tell. I can't tell if Lovitz has gone off the rails because my wife destroyed the podcast, or if this is just pure genius. Both. <laughs> I, I'm totally embarrassed oh of what God. my wife did. But well, how I, do you think he felt about his clit? <laughs> Embarrassment. Similar. Yeah. And then last time I'm doing a show, and a woman goes. Ah, she was the clitorious. <laughs> I go, the clitorious? That's what a woman called her clitoris, a clitorious. I was like, hail Caesar, hail clitorious. <laughs> what is she talking about? A woman. The, people, the, the younger generation is so stupid. <laughs> she doesn't even know what her own private parts are called. Why are you talking about it with her? My, it was on stage. Oh, why did she show you her clitorious she on didn't stage? show it to me. What's wrong with you? Last night during stand-up and I was talking about, you know, when Trump said... You know, what's this thing rated? Maybe I shouldn't talk like that. Oh, it's too late Whatever, now. yeah. Well, isn't it on the internet? And she didn't show it to me. Yeah. She mimed it. <laughs> she didn't show it. I was just talking about She took out women, oh, six inches. Women and, you know, what he said. And, you know, he goes, I grab a woman, you know, and I said, why? I talk about why would they be upset by that. I go, it's disrespectful. But I go, you can't do it. There's nothing there to grab. Be like a woman coming up to me and go, Hey, John, I'm going to finger your dick. No, you're not. Why not? Because you can't do it, idiot. What would have been great if Hillary was on a bus and had said that to somebody from Access Hollywood, though? It's great about being famous. You just finger him in the dick. Oh, grab by the balls. (laughs) Yeah. I like the sound guys. Let's go. No, because a guy wouldn't mind. He'd be like, Ooh. No, that would be great. Grab by the balls. It's like, Yeah. (laughs) Would you be – well, it's true. A guy wouldn't be upset like, I saw I was talking to Heidi Klum and suddenly she just grabbed me by the balls and blew me. Were you, uh, oh, it was so disrespectful. I was so upset. It was horrible. Falling. What's horrible? I go, I can't find her. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she left. Again, I want to say hi to her. 
<laughs> party, I gotta go say hi to her. Why? Why? Who knows what she'll do? <laughs> it's just guys are like thrilled with it. Mm. All this mm. happened. Yes, Heidi Klum. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> and you're loving every I'm second. Loving all of this. No, I'm loving I it too. Comfortable with me? No, I know, I know, because well, this I'm, is it, better than talking about acting. And agreed. I could go on. I was on. asleep the first third. Not, <laughs> anyway, the whole point is movies photograph thought <laughs> and scene. <laughs> <laughs> he wrapped it up. You perfectly. know what's the funniest thing to me? You, ever, you know this. You know people that have no sense of humor, and then they try to describe what comedy is. And no comedian thinks like that. They're, well, comedy is tragedy by, plus time. What comic goes like, I thought of a joke. What time is it? <laughs> Better wait till tomorrow. You know, no, they don't think like that. They, they don't understand it. They go, what is, well, how do you do it? I go, just how I think. That's a comedian. They just think that way. They, you think that way. They just get it. You it's just don't, I think don't. <laughs> no, but people don't think like that. They try to explain it. Well, it's a subjectification. It's a subjectification <laughs> of a of a you know time versus the uh, you know opposite diagram of, uh, theory of relativity. He's describing funny. The, I don't blah, blah blah. You know, they, they, and they go. No, one one time I said I don't want to say who. Say it. I, I don't say, say it. it. Say it. But I said spell I said, it. Uh, no, write it down and we'll read yeah, it. He goes. I love what happened. He's a big company. He goes. I don't know what he was talking about. He goes, I love what comedy, I love what happens below the frame. I'm like, what? <laughs> below the frame? What are you talking about? Below the frame. And I said it to somebody, what is that? He goes, he's full of shit. <laughs> he doesn't know what anything is. Below the frame. <laughs> I was intrigued with that character you were doing because yeah, I, I don't it. think I've ever heard you do that. Yeah. Guy describing comedy that? guy. Yeah. That was a. Uh, no, I shouldn't say. I can't. Uh, oh, was that oh, an impression that of somebody? No, not really. But I, I don't. Want to, oh I no, yes, no, it's yes, fine. Yes, we, 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 it, no, we'll cut. <laughs> but the people explain. No, don't you find that though? Go That's ahead. a promo. Mark yeah, that as a promo. Yeah, Mark that as a chime promo. In. <laughs> Your show. <laughs> don't you find people? They go. Well, here's how you do an impression, and they're explaining oh, yeah. to you how to oh, do yeah. it, and you're like this guy all the time, and you're like, no, that's not how to fix them. They go, why are you able to do it? You go, because I have a good ear. There's that. Yeah. Plus, you work on it, but you have to have an ear for it. You know, yeah. skill. But someone who doesn't do it goes, here's how you do it. And you're like, no. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, people are always giving you advice. I have no idea. And it, my dad is king of that, giving me advice on stage. And like, when, when are you on stage? Oh, when I'm on second base. <laughs> <laughs> in his softball league. Yeah, in his softball league. He's like, uh, I, that's when I entertain, Frank. I'm like, who? The second base umpire? Shortstop, second baseman? I'm like, I, but they're just, they're just laughing because they're going to tag you out because you're not on the base anymore. <laughs> My dad comes to shows. Your, is that in your uh, It'll get there. It's good be. enough, I guess. My dad will come to shows with a shirt with my picture on it, and people think, oh, he's just so proud of you. I'm like, no, he just wants attention. <laughs> he just wants people to go, are you Frank's dad? Yes. <laughs> my, I got Saturday Night Live, and I go home, and I, there were, I got at, right after college, I got a, a headshot, right, a picture of me. But it was a good photo, so my parents put it up in the hallway. They had a hallway with all, pictures of all our family. And and uh, so they had picture, they put it up like in frame. They liked the picture of me in their house, you know, and all my sisters, everyone else. So then I get Saturday Night Live. I come home and I'm looking at the pictures. I always look at the pictures in the hallway and everyone else. And I go, and my, my daddy got a headshot. <laughs> up next to me. Like, You're a doctor. Why do you get a headshot? 
No, but the truth was he always wanted to be he wanted to be a singer and performer. So I think he got so inspired by me that he goes, I want to do it too, which I would have been all right, well great, let's do it. I'll <laughs> I'll show you how to do it. You know? No, but it's kind of the same thing. They get like I think they want to share in the enjoyment they, they get so excited and they're so proud that they want to like be part of it. It's intoxicating. Know? They see and they look at they you and they see them because you probably look like I have the same name too, Frank Caliendo. Yeah, he so he's the, like, it's like it's a part. You literally are a part of him. It's, yeah. You were in his balls. And now you're not. <laughs> you are the. So one he's like, I made you. So they want to like be a part of it. Like it's exciting. It's I, it's more like that. It is because he's proud of you. Yeah, I'm his dad. Look at me. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what oh, it I is. Know. I that's, that's the that's what it is. It's one hundred percent. I'm his dad. Look at me. I made this. Right. Without me, it's not here. What about Frank your... Caliando? I'm Frank. He's Frank Caliando. I'm Frank Caliando. <laughs> first, then I I named him. He wouldn't be Frank Caliando. It wasn't for me. Still be in there swimming around, <laughs> trying to get out. And the only reason he got out was he was imitating one of the other sperm <laughs> that I wanted to get out, but I thought it was Joe, but it was Frank, but Frank was imitating Joe. He's been doing it since then. <laughs> he would take that kind of credit, too. He takes He's credit. He's got a sister, and he used to pretend to be her just so he could get extra milk from his mother. <laughs> That's how good of an impressionist he was. One time, I was in bed, I thought with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Oh, I can't see how you were at the ground. That's the only time I've been brought up on charges. <laughs> Luckily, the police chief was a friend of mine. I was Frank Caliendo long before Frank Caliendo. <laughs> You're Frank Caliendo. I'm Frank Caliendo. <laughs> and you know, just a little pipsqueak. You know why you talk? Because I taught you how. What do you think you talk like? Me. Oh, fuck. <laughs> just a speck in my chinos, boy. You've got to act like I do when I'm on second. <laughs> then you'll get loud. Is this when he gets a double and he's standing on second or playing uh, second base? I, you know what? I, yeah, I would think when he's standing on second, um, he can't. He's got. That's his explanation of how to do impressions. No, it is an explanation how of how to hold court, how to get people's attention. He's telling me that type of stuff. He's like, the, he lets me and know. Where you're on stage in front work. of how many people? Yeah, the hundreds or thousands, and he's thousands he's got two. But I played them directly, Frank. <laughs> Thousands of people. He goes, like, no, no, Frank. They're, they're not looking at you. Because if I wasn't, they're not. Well, where were you, Dad? I had to pee. The point is, you've got to time your jokes between when people have to pee. So you've got to call the concession stand. When is it closed? When is it open? When are their bladder going in full? That's when you do your intermission. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do I have to tell you everything? <laughs> Wipe your ass. <laughs> Is that him? Uh, no, but I kind of wish it was. <laughs> I like that. Name. It's, it, there's some pieces of it that definitely are, and there's some pieces that have me I find longing every, to have been adopted by you. Every comedian I talk to, they go, what are comics like? I go, <clears throat> I go. every comedian I met, they're really funny. They're really super smart. They're very – they have a lot of anger, and they have big – they had big problems with their fathers. That's what I found. Most mm. of them. Except for um, what you are, I'm not saying it's you. I don't know, but Jerry Seinfeld, he doesn't have any of that stuff. He's like the only guy. Yeah. But all the other ones I met, it's like, yeah, I don't see. I don't think I have a problem with my with my father at all. I I, I have Jones to see him. Why, <laughs> why are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> my dad does do stuff like this, though. I remember I offered to fly him out 
to see a show in Minneapolis. He's in Milwaukee. Five-hour drive, six-hour drive, somewhere around there. I'm like, Dad, I'll fly you in. He's like, no, I'm going to take the bus. <laughs> like, Dad, you're not going to take the bus. Dad, Frank, I'm taking the bus. All right, okay. He goes, uh, will you give me money for the bus? I'm like, sure, i give you money for the bus. Will you give me the money that I don't spend on the plane ticket? I'm like, no. He's like, so, oh, God. so then. No. He's, so he was trying to. Yes, he's trying to get extra money. money out of yeah. So then he gets there. and. Like, <laughs> I get him a rental car or what? I, I don't remember how he got around. Uh, maybe that's part of the problem. I wasn't paying enough attention. But then the story that he tells everybody is, I made him take the bus. <laughs> he goes around telling people, yeah, Frank made me take the bus. I'm like, no, I tried to fly you. I tried to pay for a plane ticket. He goes, you know how bad those Greyhound buses are? No, I don't because they don't take the bus. I fly places and I wanted to fly you somewhere. Now get back to second base. <laughs> Yeah, but you're out. You should have. If you'd have given him the extra money for the plane ticket, then he would. He'd be. He wanted to just go to the casino. He's like, what do you need? Pocket money. He would, he would come see my kids. He's like, all right. Two minutes later, he's like, saw him. <laughs> Heading over to the casino. You kids want to come? <laughs> You'd be like, Dad, I bought you a new car, fifty grand. Oh, Frank, just give me like I don't need that. Just give me like a thirty thousand dollar car. Okay. <laughs> Can I have the other twenty? <laughs> what? You're going to spend 50 anyway. Give it. Yeah. I'll just that. put it in my casino bucks. I had a friend of that once. I go, you, I go, you want me to buy you dinner? No, you just give me the money. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't want to eat. Well, you're going to spend it anyway. Just give me the money that you're going to spend. I go, no. And you're cheap. I go, I'm cheap. <laughs> What, what is that logic? The logic of you were going to buy me lunch or dinner. You're going to buy me a meal. I you're can't not go going now. To- Can I have the money you're going to spend on it? <laughs> <laughs> no, they said- that's better than that's going re- to dinner That's, that's real. Yes. Who I are you hanging out friend, with? Who was friend, that he goes, Can friend? I borrow- that friend? Adam Sandler. <laughs> yes. Can I borrow? Like, he wanted to borrow like $3,500. I'll pay you back in a week. I went, okay. So like 12 weeks later, I go, can you pay me back? You're cheap. <laughs> I'm cheap. You're cheap, you cheap fuck. I lent you the money and you're not paying me back. I'm cheap? Who are your friends? I'll give, I'll give you – I you need new friends. I hate to play the one-up game because you'll, you'll probably one-up this. Go game. ahead. So I have so I, I ha, a, a person that my family knew. The husband needed some money to – pay for his mortgage, to pay his house off, to do something. Else. He supposedly needed a bridge loan. I was going to help out with that because I'm like, oh, friend of the family. And I'm like, okay, Michelle, my wife who crawls into podcasts and disrupts <laughs> them and changes them into crazy <laughs> but wonderful podcasts. Uh, she says, well, take a look. And I had my brother who works for me look into the guy's finances. He had credit card bills, maxed out twenty, thirty thousand dollars hadn't paid anything. I research all this, and then I'm like, no, I'm not going to pay for your mortgage. And he you, was, you'll never get it back. Never yeah, I was like, I, my brother's like, and I was still trying to figure out a way to make it happen. And my brother's like, you can't. Like this guy owes so much money, it's unbelievable. You can't. I finally said, no, I can't do it. You look on Facebook two weeks later, they're in Myrtle Beach on vacation. Oh. I'm like, thank God I didn't give the money. Because they're all, and we, Michelle and I talk about this all. People always ask, when they ask you, they know you're doing pretty well. You get that. And I, I, I like to help people. We, we, we're talking about that even No, I like podcast. to help my friends. Right, absolutely. But then when, they, when people ask you for money and then they're doing something more fun than what you're yeah. doing, <laughs> you're going, what are you ta- Why? No, I'm not going to give you the money. I'd basically be paying for your vacation then pay for your bills. <laughs> I remember I loaned a guy two grand because he needed a house. 
And it was like he was just short to keeping his bank account. $2,000. like, if I don't have this much in my account, blah, blah. he said, I'm going to tell him I want it at the casino, and then I'm going to do this because he did all the research. So I gave him two grand, and it was supposed to just stay in his account until he got the place, and he was just going to give it back. It was just for the visual so the bank could see it. And then uh, yeah, the, he didn't give it back. Well, he didn't give it back. And I'm like, oh. And then he gave me a 1000 of it like a year later. And I'm like, all right, because I just kind of wrote it off. And then later I called him and I just said, just not for nothing. What about the other 1000 And he goes, you're doing all right. And I'm that's like, oh, that cost me $1,000 to not have a friend anymore. <laughs> that's basically all I looked at. No, that's Well, that's what they say. They go, you yeah. want to get rid of your friends, loan them money. Loan them cash, yeah. No, they'll I, disappear. This is, yeah. this is not my story. The Smash Brothers were here yesterday. Yeah. And uh, they were talking – we have a um, – uh, what's it called? I can't have words problems with those. <laughs> uh, you have a – Yeah, the one-armed bandit. Truck. One-armed bandit. A slot machine. Slot machine. It's Thank you. God yeah, they get away from me sometimes. <laughs> Look, he's like, why am I here? It's this guy's immense. a moron. Oh, you guys can talk. <laughs> it's your show. So I don't even want it anymore. So <laughs> – What's – hold on. What's your sound effect? No, no. That's our sound – my sound effect. Frank talking, John talking. <laughs> I get big applause. So they see the slot machine. They're like, we used to, we had one of those. And they're like, what do you mean used to? And they're like, well, one of our friends came over and played it, hit the jackpot. It didn't pay out. And then they talked it over, and they, they the guy was mad about it. They paid him the jackpot of like twelve hundred. And these are guys who are road dogs, not yeah. making much money at all. They split it six hundred dollars each. Because it only had two hundred bucks in it, and it hit like for twelve hundred, and I'm like, you paid the them yeah. in their house in a house slot. Well, it's it, not a real thing. It, yeah. it doesn't make exactly, but the guy was throwing a tantrum. Like, first of all, you guys are way too nice yeah. and really stupid. Yeah, because there's dumb. no. But they were like, I'm like, well, you go win this thing. I'm not giving you anything. Yeah. I don't care. Congratulations. It's, it's a decoration. Yeah. So, but I just thought I was thinking about. That's how we, it happens to everybody. Even people working their butts off, and like people just try to take it. When money comes into play, there's no rules no, anymore. No, people are awful about it, and they don't get it. And it is that whole class thing of like, well, you've got more than. Well, me, I so learned that if you get, if you if you if you make a lot of money, you want to help people, you you give it to them and with no expectation of getting it back. Ever, it's not coming so back. So you just go here, you go. You, yeah, yeah, but the, but anyway, it's alone. I is, mean, we're lucky that we do well. You see, that's why they ask. <laughs> yeah, but if you if they go, I, I don't know what I'm going to do that. And you go, I'm sorry, I can't do it. They, I learned one thing. I learned is they'll ask someone else. Yeah, they go, it's not they go true. Elsewhere. They go, I can't get the house if you don't give me that two grand. I'll never be able to buy that house. Yeah. But why would you even believe a story like that? The bank goes, Oh, you have two thousand dollars in your bank account. Here's the loan for the million. <laughs> no, he needed he needed that to hit a level that the bank's <clears> like, <throat> if you don't have this much in your account, and he was two thousand short. Yeah, but that. when he said that, when he said that, oh, I knew, I, I didn't care. Lying. I was just like, okay, it was clear that. I, but I, I assumed because we'd been friends for years. That at least there'd be an effort. That's all I was looking for, really. I'm like, I, it's I the effort. If, if you I just want the, but effort. that and that's the thing that drives me crazy yeah. is when you see the person on the vacation, the effort's over. It's gone. You don't. You yeah. don't. You, so you stop yeah. being friends with them. Uh, it's not a friendship like it was. It's casual to like text and every once in a while. But it, like he said, I'm out in town next. I'm like, mm. oh, I'm busy. Yeah. How'd you get here? Yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. Oh, did you buy a ticket or did someone loan you the money? <laughs> it's and it's <laughs> my dad. Yeah. <laughs> my dad. not what I asked you. <laughs> Where's my By the way, money? most of this part of the podcast you're going to end up cutting. <laughs> the part where you're not talking that much? <laughs> the Lovitz funny, list. Stuff. Not funny, <laughs> not entertaining. <laughs>
It's people going, oh, look at those rich guys complaining. <laughs> yeah. They loaned someone five bucks and didn't get it. No. The people like that stuff. Yeah. People no, like- you'll see. <laughs> you'll see. Cards and letters. <laughs> Comments up the wazoo. Oh, boo. Crocodile tears. Oh, poor baby. Lots of thousand dollars. But it doesn't matter how much you have. Nobody wants to lose. Oh, I feel so sorry for Herr Holmberg. I love it. Oh, my God. What are they going to do? They can't drive a guy a sixth car. Oh, too bad. They can't have steak every night. They got to miss one meal. See, now we need that part yeah. where we talk about it. So you can I had once to do again- that to make it funny. <laughs> <laughs> to make it good. It's called Saving the Segment. You're welcome. <laughs> it's the same way you end sex. <laughs> Saving the Segment. You're welcome. Yes. Uh, you're welcome. Have fun raising little John on your own. Bye-bye. Cut. No responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> then I didn't even get uh, it's so funny I've started she said she was on birth control it's not <laughs> yeah. my fault here's $400 you said you're on birth control you lied goodbye <laughs> send me pictures <laughs> I don't understand why you're so enjoyable but yeah, you are great. every yeah. moment I just oh uh, why I'm very likable <laughs> <laughs> What? Okay, I, this is something. Well, I am. You are, and you have. Can you? Could you go I'm out? Not mean. That's what it is. Could you go out there? I just feel like you could. Could go, I go out there and be handsome? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that wasn't the question. Threatening? It actually was the question. Yes. It's a blessing and a curse. You see, I'm so good looking. I'm borderline ugly. Everything <laughs> comes circular. So times the light hits me, and they go, "Oh my god, he's stunning." And then other times the sun sets and are like, oh, man, what happened to his face? <laughs> it's because I'm borderline. <laughs> schizophrenic? Borderline good-looking. Oh, good-looking. Oh. Yeah, I'm not schizophrenic. Shut up. Who said that? I talk. <laughs> Frank Caliando's podcast. I'm John Lovitz as the guest. We're talking to Frank Caliando. <laughs> That was me. Frank, him well, Frank, well, I have a question. I'm sure everyone asks you this. What was your first impression? What <laughs> made you do impressions? And what was your first one that was a hit? Uh, I was watching Saturday Night Live, and this guy did Michael Dukakis. Yeah. Nothing. Me. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> no, I, I, you have this ability to – what's the – I hate asking this the, the, the most boring question. And yet I mean, you're asking. I'm, I'm about to. <laughs> because I could see somebody – Going up on stage. When you first went up and did stand-up, you said to me that it was very difficult and you weren't The ready. very first – well, the first time I really tried, I was on Saturday Night Live. Well, I tried a little bit in the Growlings and I was trying to do something. But Dennis Miller, I met him on SNL. We became friends. And he goes, hey, I think you could be a stand-up. He goes, you wouldn't do what I do. But he goes, I have this friend, Kevin Meany, and he's really funny oh. and silly and, and I want to take you to see him. So we go to Catch a Rising Star and saw Kevin. It was hilarious. God rest his soul. Anyway, uh, so the next time we went, I, they, they, he goes, get up and try. I go, all right. So they go, John Lovitz. And I was on pretty well known on SNL my first year. So they go, yay. And then I did like five minutes. And I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And they go, John Lovitz. And you hear, <laughs> you know, the sound of one hand clapping. And I go, I, you really got to know what you're doing. 
That was the first time I did it. And I would get so nervous trying to do it every time I'd go up that my heart was pounding in my chest. And I just said, I can't do it. It's just not worth it. See, fear, that, you know. But that's weird because I see you as fearless. Most of the roles I see you on camera, on film. Yes. You, no, you really are. <laughs> you're doing things. You well, take, I know what I'm doing. Okay, because right? when you do that, because you take the time. You will take time and the camera will wait for you. And you, you don't even have to – you don't make any faces. You don't do anything. You'll just wait. And you have that confidence there that that's amazing to me in stand-up. You were that fearful – that it, it, well, because you're up there on, and, and everyone's just staring at you, and I didn't know – you have to know what you're doing. Right. So it's like like oh, – even now, I, I, don't, I haven't done a play in years, and I'll have a dream where I'm in a play and I don't know my lines. And it's like – and someone says something to you and you're like – That's horrifying. What? You go, what am I on stage? You know, and, you, and then you just make up something back, and they keep going. You go, oh, I guess that one right. <laughs> it's just like a nightmare. So it's, it's horrible. But, uh, but now, now I've been doing stand-up long enough and enough that I love it, and I have a great time, and I know what I'm doing. And, you oh. know, but you can keep I – keep, well, John- I keep trying to get better. You know, it's not like I go, I've mastered it, but pretty much. But I'm, <laughs> no, but I'm good. So I, I've gotten to the point now where people say stuff, and I can, I can you know – think of stuff to say or make up jokes i feel comfortable enough to if i think of a joke in my head while i'm doing what i my act i'll say it or try it you know and come up and, and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but i'm I, and even that, when it doesn't work i'm still okay to keep going do you think that uh, well i know the acting but the groundlings type of training helped you in that stand-up at all or because only you, when i start thinking of jokes and, and moving forward okay but no, it's completely different because on stand-up or uh, uh, in the Groundlings, you're on stage with other people and, you're, and you ha- all your focus is on them and you're just responding to whatever they do. Whereas stand-up, it's, it's you. You're timing your laughs off the audience but you're, you, know, you have an act and you're, yeah. and you're setting yourself up and the jokes and the timing and it's, it's fascinating and you can do whatever you want. And every little thing you do, they're watching you like a hawk. So if you if – you, you know, you, you right when you I've had it where right when I got to the punchline and like I don't know something in my throat and I kind of go and then I it, it would say the punchline was store and I go and then I went to the store then I went to the store and the big laugh but if I get something in my throat I go then I went to the store oh crap <laughs> yeah I just blew that joke let's go and, on. and learning how to use <clears throat> the microphone and and uh, and uh, not yelling. You know, because you're in a room, so you feel like you have to yell to fill up the thing. And you go, no, you have a mic. Just talk normal. But I feel like you yelling is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I just like, no, but I mean, I would lose my – after the third show, I would start – my voice started getting hoarse and stuff. And, right. And I go, well, wait a minute. What do, I have a microphone. I don't have to uh, – I can just talk normal. You don't, you don't have energy, but normal, so you don't sure. lose your voice. I mean, there's a lot – well, you know, you do it. There's a lot to it. And then I just think I just I, – I said to Dana Carvey, how do you get over that fear of getting up on stage? He said, just keep getting up, and it yeah. just eventually goes away, and that's what I do. <laughs> and, and Brilliantly. And, uh, well, I mean, but it's practice. It's mostly practice. But don't you think like those, the fear like the, the, for both of you, like getting on stage and having the butterflies, is kind of what feeds the thing in the first place? There's people who hate the butterflies and people who absolutely love them. I, for one, love that feeling of about to go on a stage, and you don't know what you're going to do. Like I, f- I feel like this is it, I'm, I'm I've got to do something in a minute. It's almost sports. It's like I don't know how this is going to go. Well, on, I but guess, I have but in stand up comedy, your goal is you have to get laughs. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to, but then you'll suck. <laughs> so you know, you, you're, there, you're there to make them laugh. So 
But you've got stuff you know is going to work, but that feeling before, well, like, I, have I hope, stuff, I I hope they like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But those butterflies drive. Oh, can I tell you an interesting story? No. Finally. Well, keep it to your Finally. <laughs> Absolutely. No, this is maybe, I bet you didn't know this. I just learned it myself. So, oh, oh so I like old radio shows. I was about to say, you know, when you do stand up, you have an act, but you just, you got to say it like you're just, like you're just talking off the top of your head and you're improvising. Well, did you know somebody invented that? Yeah. No, you didn't. <laughs> okay, did. who? Uh, it was uh, Tesla. No. Yeah, oh. Okay, so I'm listening to this old radio show uh, on a Sirius XM channel 148 radio classics. So they have this thing of, uh, of, um, you were stocking it? Yeah. What just happened? No, no. Here? But I, I, if you like old radio There's shows. There's a guy in Oh, good. No, because he's before, it again. No, before TV, they had radio dramas. They were like, you know, series, right. but yeah. it was all on the radio. Sure. And, they're, and they're, they're really entertaining. It's fun to listen to when you're in your car. I, I enjoy it. It's entertaining to me, anyway. <laughs> so so they, they were doing, they were just play. Um, oh, they were doing a story. It was okay. Rip Van Winkle, who's the guy, you know, fell, went. To the woods and fell asleep for 20 years. Anyway, the actor playing the part, I hear his voice and I go, oh, that sounds like the same guy that did, um, that played the angel in It's a Wonderful Life on the radio with Jimmy Stewart. So I thought it was that guy and his name was Frank Fay in this Rip Van Winkle. So I look him up and, and it's not. It's Frank Fay, somebody else. And I start learning about Frank Fay. And they say, Frank Fay, the first stand-up comic. Did you know that? No. No, you didn't. <laughs> That's why they're doing this. That's guy, why you're going to die. <laughs> this guy, Frank, you've never heard. Have you ever heard of him? I have not. And there's a reason, and I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> why is everything a setup to him? No, How does Frank this happen? Faye, he would be as big today as say, like, if you go, did you ever hear of Jerry Seinfeld? No. Who or who's the Bill Cosby? No. The guys that were the biggest of the big. He was that. And in, on vaudeville, he was the highest paid performer on vaudeville. He influenced uh, – everyone imitated him back then. The, he, uh, Bob Hope, Milton Berle, George Burns, Jack Benny. He influ- they were imitating Frank Fay. Huh. And he – because back then they said a stand-up would, – you wouldn't have a, a guy by himself. There was no stand-up comedy. It was a team. It would be like a straight man – and a comic, you know, guy feeding, setting up the jokes and a guy doing it. Or you'd be a prop comic. And they go, you can't go on stage without props. Without props, you're nothing. <laughs> so he came out. They go, here's the first guy to talk in a, in a conversational, seemingly off-the-cuff, improvisational tone. Like, oh, with no props, nothing, by himself. No one had done it. He was the guy. And they all imitated him. Bob Hope goes, he was the best. He was the best. Milton Berle, he was the best. They all idolized him. But why you've never heard of him is because he was the most horrible person <laughs> ever. And he married um, – you know the movie Star is Born that sure. they just redid. Yeah. And they did it in the 30s and they did it in the 50s with Judy Garland. They did it in the – they've done it four times with Barbara Streisand in the 70s and now with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. It was originally done – that story they go was based on him and his wife Barbara Stanwyck, who became a huge movie star, but she was unknown. And they were married for five years. He used to beat the crap out of her. Oh. He was horrible. He was a horrible. He hated Jews. A total anti-Semite. He was on stage doing his act, and Milton Berle's in his twenties watching him. Milton Berle idolized the guy, and Frank faces Milton Berle off stage and goes, "Get that Jew bastard <laughs> out of the wings." So. 
Milton Berle was so angry. So Milton Berle goes, I waited till he finished his act and I had this – it's called a brace. You know, on, on, a, on, a, um, on a stage, they have the, you know, the, the set. It's, it's, you know, behind it, it's nothing. It's just wood beams going down and wood beams – it's a flat. You know, it's right. a painted board and then they put stuff across it to hold the – the cross beams are called braces and they have wood and metal to hold up – you know, to brace the thing. So, the, you know, wood's going down and then in between. Like a <laughs> That's house. why they call them Engineering. Braces. It's braces. <laughs> they brace things. So, so basically, they, 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 they stru- it's a structure to yeah, brace it. Like a house when you see a house. <laughs> right. Did you just do a minute on a brace? <laughs> we did, we did a minute. Engineering braces. Yeah. And we, and we so were this is why they're called braces. They the point is, things. it's a big, thick piece of wood. Wait a second. You know, you know how your teeth, when your teeth became the straight, it was like <laughs> no, that, yeah. but for wood in a building. called a brace. Anyway, it's a piece of wood about, you know, a foot, a foot long and about four inches wide with metal on it. <laughs> Milton Berle waits backstage after because we're so pissed at him. And he goes, Frank Fay walks by me and I spun him around and smashed him in the face with this thing, split his nose open. Nice. This is how bad Frank Fay was. When World War II ended in the United States, six months later, they had a rally at Madison Square Garden. And it was all the not American Nazis, all the white supremacists. All of them, a big rally supporting the Nazis, and the rally was called the Friends of Frank Fay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Yes. No, I thought that was a joke. No, it's true. No, and I was trying not to laugh, so I wasn't seen laughing on <laughs> so camera. All the agents, really? Yes. And then yeah, he, you didn't laugh at the Nazis. No, I didn't want to. No, it's true. Then he did six months after the war ended, after World War II, they're doing a rally, a pro-Nazi rally, the Friends of Frank Fay, trying to fire it back. <laughs> That's up. what they called it, and then. He did this play on Broadway, Harvey, which was about a man, and, and he's got he's got kind of crazy. He has a friend that's an imaginary rabbit, and it was a huge hit. And the whole movie studios, they're you know all run by Jews. They hated <laughs> him so well back then. They were sure. they hated him so much that they gave the p- movie of it and they gave it to Jimmy Stewart. And then all the agencies, you know, there's a reason Jews were in show business. They they immigrated from Europe to New York. And they weren't allowed in banking or any of that stuff. And they had the Nickelodeons, which was, you know, if you don't know what Nickelodeons is, like a, a, a photos, and you would turn a crank and it looked like the pictures were moving. So they go, and they'd say, let the Jews have the Nickelodeons. It's a gutter business. So that's why they went to show business, because that's the only thing they were allowed to do where they could make huh. money. So all the agents were Jewish and everything. So Frank Fay was such an anti Semite that all the well, agents of William Morris and said, we're not going to represent him. And he just became an alcoholic and died in obscurity. <laughs> the first stand-up comic. And then it made me think, well, that's why so many stand-ups are assholes. They're still imitating Frank Fay. He's at the bar. And this has been John Lovett's Time Suck. And he was very arrogant. And if you see these comics when they make it, you know, like Bob Hope or, or, or Milton Brown or whatever, they, they were nice. But if you watch them on the talk shows and stuff, they act like they're like the king, yeah. so arrogant. I think they're imi- – that's how Frank Fay was very legacy. arrogant. Yeah. Ah. They go, oh, I guess that's how you act when you're successful. Yeah. How are you, Frank? Good to do your little podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you. Is it Caliendo or Calendar Boy? <laughs> hey, I think I saw you in Playboy, Calendar Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Caliendo, what do you want to know, kid? <sighs> What am I oh doing? All right. Uh, we gotta, 20 years old. What do you want to know, Sonny? <laughs> <laughs> like that, you know? Go ahead, kid. It's your show. Go. I could do this for I know. You could. I said go years. ahead, kid. It's your show. Go ahead. You know they act like that? Yeah. I, I, I see one of them doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm acting like I'm not like that. I know. No, you are. You are. Although when you Bill got Bill Moore here, does it on his show. Yeah. Bill's like that now. Yeah. yeah. So smug. 
When, yeah. when, it's not like that often. I find like a lot shows. of the times when I watch comedians in cars getting coffee, it turns into that. that they You've both, talked about that. They both get to the point where you're like, you're just telling everybody you're the only funny people allowed. Right. And, and it's like, right. they act like I'm you're not being great, funny. I'm yeah. And they're yeah. acting like Bob Hope and those guys yeah. used to act on The Tonight Show. We watch them. Hi, Johnny. Good to see you, Johnny. How's it going? Yeah. I'm good. I'm I good. think it's guilt. Frank and yeah. I talked about and, it before. And, and, and they act like that. And it's all from fake fake because they think you have to act like that. I don't know what that is. I hate arrogance. People make it and then they get so arrogant, you know. And they think they're so great, you know. And Like I know I'm so great. But I don't think <laughs> it. But the point is they don't have to act like it. And I don't have to act like it. I just There's can't. a weird but thing. the point is they, they talk about how great they are. They're so great. They're so great. I don't talk about it. I let everyone else talk about it. I don't need to bring it up that I'm so great. Do you see what I'm saying? Great, great, great. Could, okay, go ahead. Could you reiterate? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I know. I, yeah. I uh... <laughs> just wound down. <laughs> I just, uh, I'm an audience. His greatness I just, warms an audience. I know. This is a fantastic. I, there were, when we got here, uh, Lovitz got out of the car and just started. I told him that, you know, there's the house set up. It's a compound. It's weird. Yeah. He just started wandering everywhere. <laughs> he just started, he did. He wasn't even waiting for me. He's like, where does this lead? And he just He's starts like, going, place, going. Wait a second. This is yours. <laughs> well, it's mine now. And he's just he's just going. I go, where are you going? This is we're going to the house over here. He goes, no, we're not. <laughs> You're following me. And then we walked around a house that I haven't walked around in a long time. Let me show you around your place. Yes, right? it was. He's like, what's what do you do here? Nothing. Well, it should be used. <laughs> For tennis court. For what? That's what he goes. For what? And then he, then he says, got, "You've got a giant, huge it's yard." Yeah, right. But then he starts telling me about he plays like, tennis. He's like, "I play tennis." <laughs> like I, th- I was like wondering if it was him trying to see if I play tennis. Right. And like, we should build a court here, <laughs> and I'll come play tennis with John because I like him better. Well, not in Herr Homburg. Not in this heat. <laughs> <laughs> Too hot. No, we have air conditioning in the yard. It's yeah. real good. Oh, <laughs> you an indoor court. <laughs> From that other house you're not using. You can do it. never use it, compound. but I will <laughs> once a year build it. Oh, maybe I'll make it twice a year. <laughs> oh, Wait, I have a question for you, Frank Kelly. Sure. And I'm John sure Lovett. all your listeners want to know, uh, and I'm sure you've been asked this. Do you have, uh, or maybe more than one, two, three, of your favorite impressions? Whether they're known or not, do you have one like you go, oh, I just love doing this guy or a few of them? I, 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 do, I don't think I really do. When they're new, I think, John, same for you. When they're, when they're new, they're fun to play with. Or when you get to do the impression with the person, even if they don't like it, or somebody who knows that person. I did a Robert Downey Jr. for Chris Evans. I was talking like this. Do me a favor. Enjoy me. And he's like, that doesn't sound like him. I'm like, that's the greatest <laughs> shutdown I've ever felt. <laughs> Captain America. Well, what's, just your, doing- what's your latest one that, that- – uh, I mean, I want to be entertained. <laughs> God, uh, quid pro quo. I don't even know. I I don't. Uh, You're getting shy to do. No, I'm trying to think. I always forget the impressions that I do, and when when they're. Oh, the Alex Jones has been yeah. probably the new thing. Oh, let me, yeah. I have no idea what's going on here. It's John Lovitz is in the studio, and what's happened is he's trying to make cows fly to a different planet, <laughs> and they will in turn. He's laughing silently. Which... <laughs> no, it's weird because right when you said it, you kind of suddenly look like him. Yeah, right. That's the, you, but and the, then you the, go, I do George Bush the second, and I go, oh, you kind of look like him. It happens, man. There it is. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. you know, whatever. 
Just make it happen. Or do the Donald Trump, it becomes tremendous, and right now it's the number one part of the show. It's an incredible part of the show. We both like it. We go Trump and Trump. Or, or, I like to do it with you, but only because you're doing it wrong. And I make, but what happens is it becomes still great. better. It's still great. Right. Not as great. No. Gets Getting better. Getting better. Getting, maybe. <laughs> no, but are you doing him, or are you doing Alec Baldwin's impression? Is that no, I was doing it before. I think, yeah, I think Alec Baldwin's doing oh, him. Doing I don't know if he's doing me. But his is very – Alec Baldwin's is very angry. Mine is very silly. Mine is – it's a lot of fun. It's incredible. Everything gets better. I'm going to make America great again. Then I'm going to make the solar system great again, the galaxy great again. By the way, Milky Way, great galaxy, better candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's still – it's a, you know what? When, when you make somebody like you laugh – uh, that's those those moments. You know I can't. Something. I can't. I know exactly what you just said. You're hidden anti-Semitism. <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone you like you. Someone somebody you. like you. Laugh. One of you. One of you. <laughs> All right. Where did where did Jerry come from? Where did he where did he find you? Is that how it happened? My dog. Yeah. It was a, a rescue pet store, and they'd already rescued him. <laughs> I kill shelter. Oh wow! And uh, he was just adorable. And I picked him up, and he just stayed in my arms. You see, now I mean, I feel like I'm imitating me. And he just stayed in my arms. So then, a little <laughs> nine-year-old girl was holding him, <laughs> and, and she did the same her. thing. It, I could, it was everything I could do because I'm like, give him back. <laughs> I wanted to rip him out of her arms. Like, get. So she and I'm like, God, is she going to take him? And I hadn't bought him yet. So then she goes here. Then she gave him back to me, and I held him. He just. Stayed there, and I went, oh, man, if I don't get this thing, I'm gonna, it's, if he's not here tomorrow, I'm going to regret it. And I just went in there to look, you know, and I went, okay, I'll get him. Yeah. And uh, it, it's the best thing I ever did. He's like. He's awesome. And Jerry's pretty cool. I mean, everyone has dogs, but this dog, I don't know. I'm sure everyone feels that way about their dogs. He's got the biggest personality. And, I mean, I get into arguments with him, <laughs> you know. Do you have a voice he, for him? Well, he wants more food, you know, and I'm like, no. And he, I, and he goes, and he goes, and he or else I'll feed him, and then I'll sit on at my kitchen table, and he's sitting next to me, and he starts going, come on, come on. And then I look at him, and he runs around, and he starts barking at me. He wants more food. And I'm like, no. And he goes, and I go, no, 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 no. And I go, I said no. And he goes, and he's like, uh, uh, uh. I go, I said no. He goes, uh, uh, uh. I go, no. And he's like, uh, no. And I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like literally arguing with my dog. I start crying laughing. I go, I said, uh. And then he'll cut me off. And he's screaming. He's literally screaming at me. And he cuts me off. One time I go, I, I, I was with him. I go, where's the dog? And he goes, <laughs> like he said, I go and I. A guy was me. Go, Didn't it sound like he just said, "I don't know"? And then I swear to God, he goes, "I don't know." <laughs> and then he said it, and I looked at the guy. I go, "Oh my God, did you hear that?" And and I have to speak complete sentences to him. See, he knows what I'm talking about. He's licking. I'll, t- I'll I'll try to get him to go in my car. So I have the door open. I'm like, "Go, go." I'm like, "Go," and he just stares at me. I go. Jerry, can you please get in the car? And he walks. Back. <laughs> like, I gotta speak complete sentences. <laughs> and he hugs me. I mean, I just. Oh, he's great. And when he was on your lap and the ride over here, he just he just conked out. He's it was out. Just, oh, he just, brings him into the station to do the to do the show, and he just sits on the couch and waits for John uh, to get done. It was, but he yeah, great. great to travel with. It's him. Amazing, because you know you travel on the road by. I travel on the road by myself, so it's just to have your dog with you. It's just, it's like the best it's the best you're so otherwise you're just sitting in the hotel room 
all day. I mean, some cities I don't even go to because where the hotel is. I go, I can't stay here. I go, day three, I'm going to hang myself. <laughs> <laughs> There's just nothing to do. And you're just on the side of the road and the cars <laughs> going by. Literally. Some crap hotel. And, like, and you're like, oh, nine hours till the show. Fuck. <laughs> God, maybe then get a you hear better something upstairs. You're, I said, you know, up above you, you hear this. I said, shut up, cut it. <laughs> ah, you know, and you thump. And you're like, God, some guy just killed his wife above me. <laughs> He's a Eight friend of to the show. Friend of Frank Fay. <laughs> Look it up if you don't believe me. Frank Fay Jr. is in the Frank room up Faye. top. You've never heard of him. I, not until that now, ama- but I'm, that's, that's how amazing. much they hated him. He was the biggest comic. It would be like he was bigger than Charlie Chaplin in vaudeville. He was the biggest. And, and nobody washed knows. it clean because he just was that bad. They got, rid of him, they got rid of his memory, which is amazing. I will look that yes. up. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's fascinating. They based a star as born on his marriage to Barbara Stanwyck. Wasn't she in the first one? No. <laughs> I think I just peed. What a beautiful voice. <laughs> oh, man. No, the first one was uh, <laughs> Frederick March, great actor. You don't know who he is because you don't know history. <laughs> you think everything started yesterday. And uh, I think it was Janet Gaynor. Was it Janet? Okay. Who won the first Academy Award for Wings. <laughs> a Howard Hughes. No, one. you didn't. Learn your History. History. <laughs> Right? No, I'm just. In, right. I, was there I, ever I Frank Kellyanne? We're talking to Frank Kellyanne on the Frank Kellyanne podcast. Frank, I have a question for you. I'm a big fan of yours. Was there ever um, an impression <laughs> of somebody you wanted to do and you go, man, I just can't get it? All the time. Really? That happens constantly. Yeah. You that just, you really wanted to do and you're like, yeah. God, I. Like who? I can't even do a good Joe Pesci. I always wanted to do a good Joe Pesci. I couldn't do a good Joe Pesci. And then if people will ask me, do Joe Pesci, I'm like, I talk to Jim Brewer. He does a great one. But then do you ever watch other yeah, uh, people do impressions and then you learn how to do it from that? Try to stay away from that because you don't want to. But then you can make it your own. Yeah. Like Dana Carvey, he would imitate Lauren, you know, our boss. You know, right. he imitate the boss. And then we learned how to do it from him. So now I can do Lauren, because, but I'm really doing Dane and doing Lauren. But it's a lot of unlocking. Um, yeah. Kevin exactly. Pollack yeah. calls it unlocking, and people unlock. Sometimes they unlock the same thing. Sometimes people but And we, we'll bounce things off. Yeah. We'll go back and forth, and then they kind of become – they'll even go – they'll start going one way, yeah. and then they'll diverge and become something different. Can you do but, uh, Humphrey Bogart? I can. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, sweetheart. It was you who killed Pocket. Giants run out, and then you killed him too. And you try to get me to turn my back. Now you're taking the fall. Doesn't take much to know the... Wait. <laughs> Doesn't take much to know the problems with three small people who don't amount to a hell of beans. Here's looking at you, kid. Well, now, I, I got to work on it. That's, <laughs> wait a minute. What it's brand it, new. Yeah, work on it's that. new. <laughs> it's brand new. No, it's not brand new, but I haven't done it well. What about Rochester from Jack Benny? <laughs> Rochester. I can do yeah, that's Jack <laughs> Rochester. <laughs> what, boss? <laughs> <laughs> no, sir, Mr. Bennett. What are you talking about? You go, that's racist. No, it's not. It's, it's Rochester. Rochester. It's perfect. <laughs> He's a great comic. He was a great comedian. Yeah. It, yeah. They used to run that all the time, and I'd walk around the house doing that all the time. Mama, I'm ready to go. You do that. I can't do it. My throat's dead. Rochester, get the car. Yeah. Turn out front, Mr. Bennett. <laughs> Are yeah, you, that's considered racist. That I can do that. All right, um, tremendously. Right? 
They even made Are the. Are you blown away? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not your wife, so don't be blown. <coughs> I like you said she wasn't trained, but she's crawling around the house. That's something different. <laughs> I mean, that's and great training. <laughs> no, it didn't. You thought about it. Just insulted his wife. <laughs> no, I insulted him on his my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you have to be somewhere? I feel I worry. Start worrying that like we got a well, show in man, nine hours. I got two shows. You. Oh, I do have to be somewhere. I have to be at the restaurant where you're going to buy me lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? Because I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, oh, I gotta get something out of it. Yeah, I gotta get something. <laughs> We're coming to see you tonight to judge. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, no, no, no let's not do that again. No, absolutely. I'm looking. I forward can do to you it. doing John Madden. Okay. Oh, I'm John Madden. <laughs> <laughs> Is that even close? That's it. I mean, it's. Let like, me hear you do it. Uh, you know, you, I mean, you talk, you say the things. That oh you're no, doing. God, that's perfect. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, you know, you're doing the things. You gotta get. It's gotta get in the back. Uh, your, here, yeah. Uh, you're uh, still, that hurts my throat. You're still. <laughs> Can't have a throat injury. Wait, let me hear. Uh, um, uh, you, you did Terry Bradshaw. I tell you what, that's some good stuff right there. John Lovitz, <laughs> slow build, <laughs> slow build on that. One. I don't know who this is, but who does this sound like to you? I don't know who it is. Well, you know, country western star, and they talk like this. Well, I suppose so. You know, Frank Caliendo. I'm a very big fan of yours, and uh, I believe that you're uh, going to go very far in this business. Kelly Clarkson. Not a lot of people do what you do. <laughs> Is that anybody? I think it's somebody. I just can't pin. Well, me. who? <laughs> <laughs> you're okay, who's this? Well, a handbag, a handbag. Oopie, Andy. I, I do Aunt B. B. Yeah. Oopie, Andy, come quick. I'm horny. <laughs> Oopie, Andy. Oh, Andy. Oopie, oh, Andy. <laughs> you just become the audience. That's pretty no, good. I don't that, even want to. This is one oh, of the rare Andy. times. Listen, we've been around a lot of people. Oh. And but you people. <laughs> none like you. No. You are Diff. beyond. No. Yeah. It's incredible. He, he, John warned me about this because you've yeah. been in studio with him. He goes, you're not going to believe what's going to happen. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you'll just, you can't explain it. You'll just become part of an audience. Yeah. It's more fun. And I, early on in the podcast, I didn't realize I, I tried to ask some questions. No point. There's no reason to because it's more fun when you just create. Yeah. You got it. And then every once in a while – uh, try and find something that I'm interested in because yeah. I, I want to ask you. I'll probably ask you on the ride back too. But you're, you're insanely entertaining, and I, I, I mean this. This is all honest. I know you've been thinking hey. this the whole time about yourself. <laughs> yeah. But it, when you meet certain people, oh. when you really do, when you meet certain people, and you you see them on camera, and you go, "Man, they're really good," and then you meet them in person, you go. Oh my God! This all makes sense. They're even yeah. better than you can tell yeah. because people don't understand how hard it is. To well, I eat. wasn't thinking that, but thank you. <laughs> and then you go. I know you were thinking this. It, wasn't it was a that. joke. Oh, hilarious! <laughs> no, but thank you. Well, no, I, really. I, 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 you guys laugh, so then it just spurs me on to do more. See, that's it's the danger with fun. him, though. Yeah, is that as a host, that when you come in as a guest. 
there's nothing I can do that's going to be better than well, aren't, right. aren't I supposed to be entertained? Yes, yeah, you are, but, no, but you, you you'd did be exactly. Surprised how often there that people right. are, who are guests want you. No, to I got I got to crank it up. Yeah, crank her up. No, I want. I, I realize just get out of his way yeah. is better because then it just happens. I mean, everything's hey, I good. Have a question, a real question. Do you do stand up? Right? Has anyone said to you, "Oh, you can't do that joke anymore"? Oh, you need to apologize. Oh, all the time. They do. Constantly, yeah. People. There's all types of. But stuff. how do you see? That's what I don't get. How can you apologize for a joke? Because not everything's funny to everybody. So someone goes, "Well, I didn't like your joke." It's like, well, all right. There's some comic online, he does a whole thing about, he's English, he goes, you offended somebody. It's pretty interesting. He goes, oh, you're offended. He goes, all right, so you're offended. What, yeah. what happened? Did you get cancer? Well, Did your brain right. fall out? He goes, you don't like a joke. Not everything's funny to everybody. Right. So now you're going to have the audience write your material. I mean, can you imagine going to a Rolling Stones concert? Dear Mick, I did not like your set <laughs> order. I want you to open with satisfaction and close with gimme. It's chocolate. a weird thing about and you do it, or I'm going to pick it, boycott your show. But it was a sticks and stones world where people understood that words were words, and if it pissed you off, pissed you off. Oh, you're, you're just saying that because that's what Dave Chappelle named his thing, sticks and stones. I didn't even know that. But that's the the whole new world, though. You, the sticks and stones. Now it does. Now the words are worse than actually contact. It seems like it's more outrage to to hear something you don't like than it would be if somebody just came and pushed. You. Well, that's why the comics say you don't play um, like colleges, colleges, yeah, yeah. state, not even. I mean, it's it's. But I don't even try to play the coasts anymore because LA, and New York, because you do stuff they used to laugh. Now you do, they go ooh, ooh yeah. Ooh. yeah. I thought you were gonna. Say, I thought, I thought you were gonna say I don't play the coast anymore because I've conquered them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't. No, they, plus they don't. Those clubs don't pay you anything. <clears throat> And then comics steal jokes. No, we don't. I go, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, you do. So I just don't – I don't even bother. Well, I don't need – You were talking about how much you like the Midwest too, which was a lot of fun to hear because people I'll say are so this. Nice. A serious note. I do not like when uh, – not to get – well, it is a little political. that They go, oh, the people in the middle of the country, they're horrible and they're racist and they're deplorable and they're this and that. And it's actually the opposite – because uh, I traveled all the cities, the people in the Midwest, the whole middle of the country, they're the nicest people in the world. They're m- way more integrated uh, and way advanced on religion and race and integration and all types of people. And yes, there's parts of the South that are still racist. Uh, like uh, I was in Alabama and Huntsville. I said, what's Huntsville like? And two people from there said, everything you've heard about Alabama is true, except in Huntsville. And what they were really saying was like, don't leave town, Juboa. You know, but they didn't say that, but that's what it was. And so – Well, do you know why Huntsville is different? Because of Werner von Braun. The rock went, moved there from Germany for the rocket industry. You didn't think I knew. <laughs> that's even more than, all, I knew. more than I knew. I just knew NASA was there. He, I, I, that's why, because he went yeah. there. So, I know, but I was just going to close NASA. You know, everyone here is scientists, PhDs, and you know, brilliant doctors, so they're from all over the country. That's what they said. I'm not. A, I have anything against Alabama. That's what just two people said to me when I was there that were from there. But um, so now I guess I won't be performing in Alabama. <laughs> but anyway, that's all right. But uh, they're the nicest people, and I go to all these clubs, and, they, and there's people of every race, religion, gender, sexual orientation, and then it never comes up. I was just in Indianapolis, and I said to the waitress, "I go, you guys, you're just so nice. You don't care about race, religion, or anything, right?" And she goes, "That's right." <laughs> and the reason I kept telling everyone Trump was going to win it, and nobody believed me. And I said, I said, I'm telling you he's going to win because – and they don't come up. The real reason he won was people needed jobs because after the um, recession in 2008, 
the, the middle of the country got slammed. And I was in Lansing, Michigan. It was all bordered up. Yeah. And for seven years, they didn't work. So they go, and Hillary Clinton said, I'm going to do the same economic policy as, as Obama. And they all went, we, we, we yeah. can't work. afford it. Yeah. We got to try something new. And they'd say, we don't necessarily want to vote for Trump or Hillary, but we got to sure. try something new. We need work. Right. And he's saying, I'm going to try something new. We have to try it. Yeah, That's absolutely. what happened, and they don't accept it. I, I would tell people that uh, a similar thing. You go into the Midwest and you say the name Trump, even all of different parts of the country, and you say the name Trump, and it wasn't the reaction that you would see on television. I would tell people, I'd be like, I don't know if you've got this pinned. You think you know something? There's a lot of people that I say the name Trump and they clap. That might be audience. And I try not to have a political position, especially in shows, because my people are all across. And I have to I actually have to explain that at times. I'll go up and I do a corporate event. I go, listen, I'm going to say the name Donald Trump, but it doesn't mean we're going to get political here. I'm just going to talk about the character of Donald Trump, the not the personal character, but, you know, that he looks like he's looking into an aquarium no, but and you, mimicking the yeah. fish. Yeah, That's because the, it's your know. job to satirize people. Right. I mean, I talk about it in my act, and I, but I, I make fun of the, the main people. Yeah, but you have to. Cause that's it, your job. Satirize, make fun of you're – not, you're not making fun of them. It's not being mean. It's you're, you're making fun of stuff that they do that's like funny or right. critical well, John, or John, lying, you know, and you're pointing it out. John with an H has the theory, too, <laughs> that we just don't have anything in common Yeah, there's anymore. no commonalities anymore. Everybody's watching a different – part of a TV series so you don't you can't really go with the characters or jokes on that or you'll give up too much of the plot what do you mean no one has anything well I mean every, no, there's no commonalities like there used to be every, everybody used to watch yeah, the every same Thursday, TV show we'd watch Cheers Friends and talk oh, about Cheers kind of yeah so but we I don't have that there is the, I, I would but the commonality is now politics that's well, what would, everybody's on the same yeah page. but I would disagree because because everyone's still every city I go to and, and to me it's kind of unfortunate the downtowns are all look identical same sure. Starbucks, same yeah. shopping centers, same AMC theater. It's all the same. Well, it's homogenized, but it right. doesn't mean we have anything like similar. It's just familiarity. Is yeah, I, I, I think they are similar. I'm telling you, they're the same. You, I, it's not like I go to you and they go, you're so different from someone from <laughs> another right. state. Yeah. Everyone's American. I mean, th- th- they listen to the same music. And the same. If, th- if that was true, nobody could tour. No performer could tour. Oh, you tour. can, but it ha- don't you think it has changed, though? That like, Especially for impressions, it's harder to yeah. go get an That's impression. We're talking more from the pop culture, what people yeah. are watching oh, on TV. Yeah, from yes. that too. But even on well, TV, but you know who's popular, and then you do yeah, but you, even people who are popular, it's I can different. say the name Robert Downey Jr., and most of the audience is like, "Who?" I go, "Iron Man," uh, you know, yeah. Tony Stark, and they're like, "Oh, we get Tony Stark," yeah. and like he's not a real guy. They're like, "No, he is. He's a guy." Iron Man's the fictional character. I'm like, "No, not Iron what Man." Used to be and Tony Stark. Like are both- the number one show on TV used to be like 30 million people, and now it's like 11. Yeah. No, no, you're right about that. Yeah. No, and now it's not even that. Yeah. And if you talk to... If you get a two rating, they're thrilled. You're killing it. Like yeah. the late show, night shows, are, they get a two and a half rating. They're fighting over when seven Johnny, million total. When Johnny Carson did it, was, the rating was a five. Yeah. Or um, when Roseanne Barr did her show again, she got 20 million viewers. Yeah. And most shows were getting like two million. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was like she was getting the same ratings she got when, when it was, she did the show originally. Right. So that's what it was. People were blown away. It was like... Phenomena. See, I think it's all. I think the audience is broken down so much into different segments that you have to hyper focus on your audience. Yes, and the other issue is, is that what you? That's what I know. But if you're in the middle of people used to watch a show all at the same time. Now, if you you if you have a spoiler, yeah. people will get mad at you yeah. in the audience. That well, you because spoiled. yeah, because they have you can record it. Right, but, but that's what I'm saying. That's what when somebody segments and people. Yeah, so yeah, there is no more watch this. 
Right. I know it's like a convenience, right? You go yeah. like, I have to work. I can't see the show. I'll just set my TV. Right, but that segments right. people again. Like TiVo. Yeah. Now there is no TiVo because DirecTV puts it in. You can record stuff. But back to my original brilliant point. Nobody, nobody ever says, oh, don't talk about Trump. I'm only up to 2017. Right. You know, no, it, everybody knows what's going on. So whichever side they're on, there's, uh, there's some sort of commonality that, you, that most comics and late night shows are leaning on it only. Well, it's, everything's the same. You see, here's what people I don't think understand. <laughs> and CNN and then they go, why? I told everybody they don't listen to me. Why would you listen? First of all, why would anyone listen to me? I'm just an actor and comedian. But you might want to listen because I'm not an idiot. So first of all, the press, they go, well, the press got it wrong, the polls. Well, the press, okay, they're, they're not a th- it's not a thing called the press. It's people. And, it's, and these people, as you would call them, these people, like the <laughs> you people, they live in these people, a.k.a. Baruka Tadanoi, <laughs> live in, in, New, in Los Angeles, New York, and Atlantic City. And they don't travel, Frank Caliando, Herr Humburg. <laughs> they don't travel. So they don't. So, and when they do polls on, say, CNN or whatever, do you know how many people they poll? There's 330 million people in the country. Yeah, like do you know how many they poll? 800. 800. 800. That's it. And it's the same 800 over and over. So these, after a while, it's the they're, they're checking what they, they want to be popular. Right. So they go, who's, who's popular? I want to be part of the popular group. My poll was 20 <laughs> cities all over the country, 1,000 yeah. people in every city. And when I would say stuff about all the candidates, the biggest response was Trump, and I go, he's going to win. Yeah. Yeah. And you could say, I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong. <laughs> I was right because he won. Because I'm a time traveler. <laughs> and the New York Times wrote an article about it and said, we got it wrong, our polls. We need to – we have to realize that New York is not the country. We need our journalists to travel. Thank you, checkmate. And guess what? It's happening again. Yep. The same thing. And everyone in L.A. and California, he's going to win. No way, no way. I go, uh, no, I'm telling you, he's going to win again. And you couldn't be more wrong. And they're Well, it's because CNN – and they're doing the same thing. It's still 800 people that they're polling and the same people. They're making the same mistake again. The whole country's working again. People aren't going to change because they, they need to work. It's not that they're racist or prejudiced. They need to eat. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It all comes It's about out. food. It's about survival. Living, eating, literally <clears throat> eating. <laughs> Look at Frank Caliando. Eat. He needs to eat when he takes me to my free lunch at the steakhouse. Oh, my God. No, but that's true. It's very true. But you're also talking like you did the late night shows. CNN and and Fox News are both maybe combined about six million people, and they act like they're the voice for the entire nation. Right. And they no, say, no, they're actually—they're not even close. Fox might be four million, and CNN is less than a million, yeah. which is shocking to me. Right, but they're—but forget that they're five million. Six, say they're ten million. They're only asking eight hundred people. Right. Yeah. It's, and then they go plus or minus three points in either direction. Right. Well, three points in huge. either direction—it's millions. Yeah, it's huge. It's ridiculous. All right, we're talking to Frank. Cohen. John, John <laughs> without an H. Let me ask you this: What good does a poll? do right now two years before an election what what good is it 
What good is it? What, what is it three years before an election? Right. It's nothing but a popularity contest. It doesn't mean anything. Right. Why, do, why, do the, why does the news need to do a poll to put it out <coughs> other than to create well, opinion? Because, because they're creating shows and entertainment. And the, right. the Democrats, they go, there's 20 people running. So it's like a horse race. Right. Who's ahead? Who's in the lead? That's right. what it is. And they, they make it entertaining. So you watch the news so they can sell advertising. But and they me- pick the favorite for you. Right. So you start to watch it differently. Yeah. I just feel like you're led so much. Polls do most of the time just lead you away. If you're, if you're paying attention to what actually is going on, I took a class called Critical Thinking in the Mass Media when I was in college. <laughs> and it was a real class. Thank you. <laughs> Jealous. No, because I already think like that. I've right. dealt. No. I, yeah. I've dealt. I don't have to, I didn't, not to be a jerk. But I didn't have to take the class <laughs> because I deal with the. Why do I love being shut down by him? I it's unbelievably fun. Directly, I'm not a professor teaching, but I deal with them all the time. But I was a kid. And they when I was lie watching. all the. No, it's good. That and I had that instinct too. Yeah, but, but it's they lie all the A lot time. of people don't have that they're instinct. Inaccurate, and they lie. They, they, they just did a show about. Uh, I don't want to bring it up brief about Phil Hartman on ABC. It was all a bunch of crap. If you really knew the thing, you go, "Who are those people? Do they know him?" I go, "No." Yeah. They weren't his closest friends. They don't know. They're lying. They're but it's TV. Everything up. on TV is Drawing conclusions that weren't real. Was he like that? No. Left a lot out. No, not true. They don't really know what really happened or what was the inside story. They don't know. Right. And I read stuff about it. I go, that's not what happened. And, of course, I can't talk about it because he has children and it's nobody's – and it's private. Right. It's nobody's business. People go, don't you want to go on TV? I go, no, it's no one's business. Do you get it? But they don't oh, believe they don't. that anymore. They, uh, people think everything's everybody's business. No, this and producer, Allison Weiner, the big jerk ass fuck. An actual Weiner? <laughs> yeah, she produced the, uh, the special. She kept calling me over and over. Now you want to say something? I go, no. I, I, she goes, it's not going to be about his death. It's going to be about his life and celebrating his life and everything. Guess what the show is called? <laughs> the Final Days of Phil Hartman. Right. Oh, it's not about his death. Did you watch? No, I didn't watch they, it. Because they didn't bring you up because in Because it's end. a bunch of crap. Why are you doing well, this Because he likes it. And I've seen some clips of it, and it's all yeah. a bunch of crap. They bring you up in the end in a way almost like this little sinister camera shot of you saying, we asked him to be part of this, and he denied it. They did? Yeah, it's oh. at the end. Yeah. you got to watch this stuff. You're be- telling me stuff. Well, I want you to know. Don't you want to know that? Of course I did. Yeah. I did. Because I'll tell oh, you Oh, no, why. I know you did. I know why I'll you did. I'll tell you did, what. But- because it's not about – it was a tragic thing. And he has children. So if you're really, if you're really friends with somebody, you and that happens. You what do you do? You only do what's best for the ch- the children. You that's, protect it. That's it. Doesn't matter what I think or feel. Any it, nothing matters but those kids. That's it. And anyone who's best friend uh, has kids and, and and they die, you go well. I, let's just do what's best for the kids. What about me? You go, what do you mean me? It doesn't have anything to do with it. It's those yeah. kids. That's yeah. But Hollywood thinks in this way of everybody's going to want to be on TV as much as they can. And this is – Well, the people that are on the show do. Yeah, and this yeah. is a but much – closest – none of his I, – I know who their closest friends were. And right. it was me and another guy and another all – the, all the closest friends are not in this show. Right. The closest ones aren't in it. When Robin Williams died, I got all – I never met Robin Williams. I got calls from all around the country because I did a Robin Williams impression to come on and talk about Robin Williams. And I was like, I didn't know him. I did one, I did one interview where I talked about it a little bit because I, I, loved, I loved watching Robin Williams. He was an influence just like Dana for me when I was young. I, I talked about, And afterward, I felt like 
I shouldn't be talking about this. I, this is not. Uh, he's not. I'm not an expert on him. I wasn't a friend. Well, of I his. could give you an example. But, but let me. Yeah. But but then I saw, f- even locally, f- ten other comics nationally, twenty other yeah. comics. None of them had ever met Robin Williams. Just trying to get a TV get credit. TV. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, I can't. I don't want. No, I'm sorry. It's I weird because when I, my ex-wife was in the World Trade Centers, and the 9/11. I'm in Phoenix, and 9/11 happens and this was when i the, my skepticism for the news just went completely dark it was over um i didn't know if she was alive or dead for about 10 hours your wife yeah oh so i so I'm, i couldn't get a hold of her nothing so i leave the radio station i go home and parked in front i was actually at my mom's house in uh, new york no here uh, here in and Phoenix. you knew your wife was here in Phoenix? No, no, no. My it? wife was in the Trade Center. <laughs> oh, she was in the she World Trade the World Center? Trade. Pay yeah. attention! Follow uh, along, love it! ADD and you Dementia. were talking about me, I couldn't focus. <laughs> you, you, let's just say, so your wife was you were my wife. Trade Center. Yes. And I didn't I know if she was alive. back. Or. You left that out. Let's go. I, I did <laughs> Since then, he's anyway. divorced her. <laughs> anyway, so the thing happened, and I didn't know if so, yeah, I didn't know if she was alive or dead, and there's a news truck in front of my mom's house. And I get a call that says, hey, uh, we want to you ha- – you're the local angle because uh, I was on the air that morning saying, I got to go. I, I, right. I, 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 and, I, and they're like, you're the local angle. Don't you – people want to hear from you. I'm like, nobody wants to fucking hear from me. This is not a local story. It doesn't matter. This is internationally story. This is about my huge. wife. Yeah, and I said – and I don't know if she's alive or dead, so you can suck the marrow out of this all you want. But there's a bigger story here and for me a very personal one. And they're like, well, uh, people would love to know what you've got to say. You've got kind of a voice in the city. And I'm like, tell them fuck off. And I hung up the phone because I was furious. Right, because it's personal. It was very personal. But they did not have – and that person that called me was a friend and never once called and said, I'm sorry, I had to do that. That was just what they do. Their mindset was not even No, it happened to me when uh, Phil got killed the next day. A reporter on my, on my home calls me. I'd met her once. She goes, hello. Well, do you have anything to say? I go, what? Who is this? Oh, from People Magazine. I go, what are you, crazy? Yeah, it's awful. And I don't know well, how Well, why don't you can... say anything? I said, because it's nobody's business. Yeah. I go, she goes, well, the public has a right to know. I go, why? Because you say they do? I go, no, yeah. they don't. And what are they Where does that a law? Just... I go, it's nobody's business. Now, how did you get my number? Why are you calling me at home the day? I go, what is wrong with you? And, 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 and so I called a friend of mine who I met with her. I go, did you give her my number? Yeah, she said she's friends with you. I go, I'm not friends with her. I met her at yeah. your house once. I go, don't give my number. And he was so pissed. I go, yeah, scream at her. I go, yeah. I go Jesus awful. Christ, I'm dealing with this, the worst thing that ever happened in my life. And so they do this special again because it's 20 years later. They don't give a shit about Phil or his friends or his family or any of that stuff, you know. So they'll talk to anybody. So you've got – and I've met Chris Connolly from NTV. Yep. He's talking about Phil. He doesn't know anything. And they're analyzing his personality and they're completely 100% wrong. Then they got this guy, Mike Thomas, who wrote a book about him. I go, I'm not going to speak to that guy. And he's analyzing. Well, he doesn't know shit. Yep. He never met the guy. Yep. He doesn't know Anything, but they act like they're they're experts on on, on this subject on everything, and about. it's just it's disgusting. And so I hate to say, it, but when Trump goes, the press lies all the time. Well, they do. I don't know why nobody in Hollywood is saying. Well, of course they do. They have an agenda and they lie. But Fox has an agenda. CNN has an agenda, and that's fine. But are people but to afraid? Pretend that they don't. They're afraid absurd. to say it because they think it'll turn on them. What? Do you think that people are afraid to say it because then it'll turn on them? If you start saying all the, the – like if somebody from Hollywood – because they don't. You're right. That whole world doesn't. But everybody knows that but they Fox, all know it. Fox and CNN – I say they're slanted. Oh, completely. It's so obvious. Yeah. 
But the, I wonder if that's wise. They think that it would, if they turn on me, I have to be careful personally. Yeah, because as soon as you call out, uh, oh, as soon as you call out the, the press racist. a little bit, well, no, no, <laughs> they'll, they'll find something. They'll, they'll find something yeah. a lot of times to say, well, you're a bad person because right. of X, Y, and Z, and they'll clip something from this podcast. Yeah, you have to be super say, careful. Yeah, you're yep. you're a bad person because we didn't play your entire argument in full. Yep. We just played the punchline of what right. you're saying, which was making fun of the bad people in this situation. Yeah. But it makes it sound like you. Like I've talked about this a couple of times. No, they leave stuff out completely. Yeah. I went to. Uh, I, I said once when there was the gas thing was going on, everybody getting, they were gouging us for like five dollars a gallon for a little. While. I'm like, look, everybody can sit in. The protest emails were going out saying, "Go to Chevron on Monday, and then Texaco on Tuesday, and we'll show them because for a whole day they'll shut down." And I'm like, nothing works at a gas station except fire. So if you guys are serious about the protest, throw fire at them. But and I was doing it facetiously, like as if to say, "You guys are. This is a false protest." That night on the news, they played that clip, even though I went on to explain like everything I was saying. Uh, and just a picture of me, terror, written under my name. Uh, and uh, they found me at the airport. And like, you want to explain what you're talking about, about bombing gas stations? And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly. And I said, let me give you a face you guys can use for a thing. So I just did this. They f- they used it. So I've got this terrible face, this ter- local DJ terror. And they called me a terrorist. And they know from and the beginning. And they that clip as if I said, go bomb the gas stations. It's a brilliant idea. We'll be right back. And then I hit a car commercial. It was the stupidest, like, but uh, that was after the 9-11 thing, so they knew I had no respect for them, and they started to kind of go, well, if he does something, slips up, we're getting him immediately. Right. And they tried for a little bit, but then what I discovered was don't apologize if you're not wrong, and don't play their game, and they leave you alone, because if you're not scared, they don't try. But they can still get you, but you have to do the slip up for real. And I was just like, I'm not going to apologize for that. You're making something up. Run with it. Have fun. I have a show to explain how stupid you are starting Monday. And that's exactly what happened, and they backed away because they yeah. knew their lives. They try to, create and I had something. the tape. They try to create something out of a little thing. It's a spark, and they want the full fire. That girl on Bleacher Report for that real sports thing filmed them interviewing her the whole time. I don't think they knew that, and then they clipped up her interview to make it seem like she was talking bad about all her bosses because they were trying to do a story that that made the whole topic. Uh, it's sexual uh, harassment runs rampant in this building, and she was saying no. And they took two clips from it and played her, and she played the whole video back on Bleach Report and said it's all fake. I had that thing with uh, recently where I talked to the GM of the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals. I was doing John Gruden. I sent him messages from my phone number, and there were voicemail, voice messages. There were just even voice memos that I texted to him with my name on it saying, we got a trade. We have a trade. And then Yahoo ran with it saying – It's the way your face Frank, tells yeah, you start looking great? like the but guy. But Frank Caliendo almost ruins the entire draft. I'm like, no, at no point yeah. was it ever even close. He knew it was coming from my phone number. He knew it Who was a joke. Uh, yeah, the Steve Kime, uh, the, the GM of the Cardinals. And, but they ran with it. They took little pieces and made it sound – because he was on the radio with me saying, yeah, Frank was Frank almost changed the draft. It was a yeah, joke. Joking. You could tell that it was that, away. and it just they they ran with it. And I'm getting calls from my dad about uh, hey, you almost changed the whole draft. By the way, talking about two for second base, two for four, <laughs> two for four uh, on second base got tagged out. I was telling the guy about it. Um, all right, we got to wrap this up because this has been uh, unbelievable. I would go like I said for six hours, and we're pretty close to it already. Yeah, but I have a show. Um, and a free lunch. But Frank's <laughs> son has a haircut that I don't know about, which is going to make it weird for Frank. It's fine. I'll just get a burger, piece of fish somewhere. <laughs> no, thanks to you. 
I'll, I'll buy you some. We're, we are coming Jeez, to the club. I got to save my voice. I have two shows tonight. Don't you, you even care? Not at all. <laughs> and you should have talked less. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> you no know matter what you say, he wins. He always Isn't that wins. Frustrating. No, That's my dad nuts. <laughs> I, it would be if I didn't lo- yeah. love what love you it. do. If you weren't love it. Love it. Like it? No. Well, thank you for having love me it. on your show. <laughs> I own it now. <laughs> but no, I'm, I but I'm giving show. it away. But I do own the property next door. <laughs> As we go, uh, what we started out even talking about, we never even got to. There are a few people that when you're around them, you can't not talk like yeah. them. And they're usually, I, I would call them geniuses, at least brilliant. You're in that club um uh norm mcdonald yeah. we can't stop you know you can't not talk like it was you know whatever yeah uh <laughs> love it i don't care Good talk about me more i'm better i'm uh, hungry wrap it up dave attell hmm yeah and when we, can you do day i think i just right. did he did he little bit little piece of piece there hmm yeah that's okay dave it is <laughs> who are you captain america do it again I no that doesn't sound like David Tell. Go ahead. You're great, but I. I... But that's not it. Yeah. You're great until now. Yeah. Fired. I'm judging you. Well, do David Tell on stage doing his act. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, then I can do him. Hmm. Yeah. Perfect. You nailed it. <laughs> so I was walking my doggy. Okay. That's what he kind of does it. It's well, the that's cadence. Kind of, yeah, yeah. That's kind of things we're getting better. Working into it. God, I remember when I loved Lovitz on the show. It was going no, so well. No, you, you're great impressionist. Just great. not with that one. Yeah. Yeah. That one no. needs a little work. <laughs> it's I not done yet. It's not not done. They're always they're always in. They're always going. But the, even if you can't do them exactly, <laughs> Holbert, please. I didn't. Wasn't me. <sighs> Hello, hey Homer. I have a question for you. Were right. you fart? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm talking, Holmberg. Can you hold the gas? Apparently not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Frank. <laughs> Holmberg. <laughs> That's it. Here, do George Bush Sr. I'll, I mean, Junior. I'll try to do him. Okay, I was uh, just trying to... Uh... Okay. <laughs> just trying to... Uh... You know, do that uh, uh, thing key, you do. The keys, the eyebrows. Yeah, you got to get there. Keys, eyebrows. <laughs> get there. The keys, the eyebrows. You got to get there. You know what? Keep working on it. You know what? You Keep sound like Dave Attell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was getting huh? pretty good. Huh? Keys, hmm. eyebrows. Got to keep working on it. Do that thing you do. Uh, Wouldn't you say the other uh, part of Bush is his hands? You got uh, to get him out in front of you. Like he's no, I, you do him great. I'm trying to learn how to do him from you. Because it's so topical again. <laughs> yeah. just, you want to move from I, Humphrey Bogart? Humphrey Bogart, Walter <laughs> Brennan, and Rochester. I can't wait to go to the show tonight. <laughs> do Trump. Do Trump. And now Spiro Agnew. <laughs> like, like, like when he's... <laughs> I just you'd you. On Frefty R. Franklin down Thank the you road. for translating because I uh, didn't know. I'm FDR. I'm cramping. Oh, FDR. <laughs> now, best impression. Thurston Howell ever. Third. Do you do Jim Backus? Oh, oh my God. Can you do Jim Backus? Oh, more why not? FDR. It needs to be a thing. How's your Charlie Chaplin? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Charlie Chapman, did you see him in Limelight? He kind of he's 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 British. He's English, yeah. He's very British. Well, I suppose, but the thing you have to remember. Yeah. Is, well, now that's like Boris Karloff. <laughs> you have to remember. That's it. You can't do it. I can't. I don't want to. David Tell next week. I'm going to work on it. That's going to do the whole show as David Tell. Everyone always says, who's one of your favorite comedians? I always say David Tell. Oh, he's brilliant. So funny. That's it. (laughs) You you got to figure out a way to wrap it up. Trust me with him. No, is that what it is? The second you start to say you're done, he's going to start a story. My blood sugar level is dropping. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hungry. I don't know. I didn't want You're it. You're a terrible this host. Is, this, I want my meal. This is the problem. I didn't want it to end. <laughs> and he keeps keeping the door he's open. Sleeping. And he's sleeping. <laughs> he's sleeping. He's in a dead. coma. He's dead. He's dead. We he's back. Him. He's back. It might, it might be bipolar. Half of me thinks I am. My blood. <laughs> either I'm either bipolar or my blood sugar level. My, <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I have cramps in three spots right now. I didn't know that was possible. Oh, well, right. I'm thrilled. I'm making you laugh. By the way, do you ever notice? See, I told you. We're on like our third episode every of the time, podcast. Every time people who have no, the podcast is 20 minutes. People have no sense of humor. Well, you can snip. You know, no worry. The clips. Here's the whole, part three. Anyway, the point is this. Definitely, people have no sense of humor. They try to analyze comedians like Robin Williams. Or whoever, you, me. They go, well, why is he why does he do that? Why do he do it? I go, they never say the one reason they do it. Because you like to make people laugh. Yeah. It's fun. It's the best you're on stage and people are laughing. It's the best feeling in the world. They never mention that. Well, it's because when he was four, his mother did this, his father did that, you know. It has nothing to do with it. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> well they're looking he you, or he liked making his mother laugh and it's fun. It's fun making people laugh. It is weird, though, from like my and perspective. They overanalyze it. Like comedians, like, that's it. you guys don't laugh as like it's fun. Like Frank said, when when I make you laugh, it is it's almost like a little bit of a, a like, like a comedy. Like you get a little accommodation. You get a little tag for it. It's like I made love. It's laugh. There is the weirdest thing about who you make laugh that makes you feel even better. When a whole crowd's laughing, that's great. But if I can make John love, no, laugh, that all that matters. Laugh, like you're laughing at me. I'm yeah. like, oh. I'll call Dana. I made Frank Kelly yeah. laugh. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's that. It's that. Oh, weird but when thing. you make a comedian laugh, it's, it's very flattering. Yeah, it's amazing because you know that there's some sort of a little bit of a, a badge of honor that. Comes yeah, I don't. That's I correct. Yes, Mike is very large. <laughs> it's a huge. But you broke something on me that doesn't always happen. I don't laugh because you're. When people say something that's I'm a joke, funny. N- yeah, no, you definitely are. There's. When somebody says something, a funny line, I'll go, that's good. Yeah. But when somebody just does something that's just plain funny. You open up. Uh, what happened, what has happened today is mm-hmm. I just, it's yeah. uncontrollable. And <laughs> even this, <Yeah>. even <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. The stuff that just works. I don't know. You've got uh, like a thousand moves. Well, it's you think I'm funny, so it's easy I, to make you laugh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't I if I didn't think you're funny, what would I do? What I would my reaction be? <laughs> but you know what? If you if nobody knew who you were and you walked in, you would still be funny. Listen With everything you're doing. I'm, no effort. You're a funny being. He warned me. It's true. He warned me In other me, words, you're a freak. You're a weirdo. <laughs> he warned me that this would happen. Yeah. But I ex- I knew you'd be I expect you to be funny because I've seen you and I've always been entertained by you. And this is going to sound like a shot or backhanded compliment. I did not expect you to be this funny. Yeah. Because this is over the top. 
This is who you are. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's didn't expect me to be. I told I set it up properly. Don't clip it and put it in the news. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Because what Frank told me before was those people aren't funny. You'll exist. <laughs> you didn't expect me to be this funny. I didn't expect I didn't expect a human being to be Do this funny. Do you not know who the hell I am? <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> He's a That's what's funny. People go, you're a genius. I go, I think I'm more of an idiot. <laughs> I'm just an unafraid idiot. <laughs> you know but what? That, no, but people go, you're a comic genius. And I'm flattered when they say that. They go, do you think you're right? I go, no, I'm just fine to be funny. But you let other people say it. But when people say yeah. it about themselves, I think they're an ass. So right. now you say it. Hurry up. <laughs> Tell it to me. Tell me. I don't. Jo- say, John, you're funny. You're funny. Say, John, you're funny. Yeah, to me as if I were you. John, you're very funny. I'm borderline <laughs> funny. <laughs> no, say to me, jo- say, John, you're a comic genius. This is what I would say. John, you're a comic genius. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I know stop that. the camera. No, you don't. I don't. Don't ever stop. I don't want. I to. need a hamburger. I'm gonna go later. I gotta get. I'm gonna be hungry. Yeah, we. Hi, and just where say goodbye to him. He's still he recording. No, it's all. No, it's over. Congratulations. It's over. That's yeah. it. How rude. <laughs> we ran out of tape two hours ago. We're How still rude. running analog. How rude.